Blog Talk Radio. This is the story of the Son of God hanging on a cross for me. But it ends with a bride and groom and a wedding by a glassy sea. Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be there singing holy, holy.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I hear with my brother John Keshen tonight. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, brother John Keshen. Well, shalom, Elvie, and hello, everybody. It's good to be back. <laughs> amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to go ahead and, and do a prayer. I feel like some of the brothers and sisters are having problems logging in tonight. Praise the Lord. And so I want to go ahead and ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, to send billions and trillions of angels, Lord, to help your people to log in, Lord Jesus, and listen tonight, Lord, and be blessed by your word, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, Lord, send your mighty warriors, angels, for north to south, east, west, up and down, in Jesus' name. Break the power, Lord, of the evil one tonight. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, clear the air, Lord. Help your people to log in tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, Lord, help, help us to log in to Black Talk Radio, Lord. Through Skype or Black Talk Radio, Lord, or to the browser. Help, oh Lord Jesus, send billions and trillions of angels, Lord, to remove the power of the evil one, the forces of the evil one. In Jesus' name, for your people, Lord. To like you, Lord, and be blessed tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Mary. Shalom. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Uh, we we started last night. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Talking about a God, Magog, and God. In Ezekiel 38, praise the Lord, we, we started talking about uh, uh, God, which is Russia, brothers and sisters, and, um, and and we said that we can see the Russians being the leaders in technology in the last day in regard to the billions and trillions of dollars they are investing to have the best uh, uh, missile system in the world, brothers and sisters. And all these types of prophecy, because God said that God's going to come up to raise himself against Israel in the last day. And praise the Lord. I, I show uh, my brothers and sisters last night where it says that the full prophet, hallelujah, the Pope is going to accept himself in Jerusalem very soon. And with the IDF, the power of the Jewish people, praise the Lord, are going to be divided, scattered. They're going to run one to one way, the other one to the other way. A division is coming. So the IDF, they are the power, they're the military power of the Jewish people, and they're going to be divided. Praise the Lord. And that is, all that is in Daniel 12. So we're going to be going forward from Daniel 12 to Ezekiel 30, 39. Praise the Lord. And thank you, Jesus. And Brother John had a wonderful uh, revelation. He was sharing with me on the phone early. And I wanted him to come on tonight. First of all, we want to hear him speaking on the Lord's Tower again. And uh, second of all, I thought it was so awesome what John was sharing with me on the phone. And I wanted everybody to hear because this is going to be recorded, and thousands of people will, will be going back and forward to listen to it. Praise the Lord. And we've been talking about the Antichrist, the Antichrist setting himself in the temple of God, of God brothers and sisters, and discerning and knowing who is the Antichrist, who is God is showing to us that it, that is going to be the Antichrist. It's been shown to me that the first beast of Revelation 13.1 is Barack Obama. The second beast of Revelation 13.11 comes out of Europe. And is that, he has not been shown to me. The second beast 
has not been shown to me because the first beast is going to give power to the second beast. Okay? Praise the Lord. And it's when the Lord showed me uh, this precedent, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's going to come to Europe in the last day. And we know he tried to get to become the leader of the U.N., the president of the U.N., and this is how he's going to lead the world, brothers and sisters, into the tribulation. Praise you, Lord. And Brother John was giving me such a wonderful converse, uh, confirmation, <laughs> which I want Brother John to, to begin to share to us how God in the 80s been working with him, revealing to him who the Antichrist will be. Go ahead, Brother John. Yeah, sure. I've, um, you know, when I became a Christian, you know, back in the early 80s, I, you know, the roller coaster ride when I was in college and whatnot. And then when I got out in 86, I decided, uh, all right, I'm going to be a real Christian. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I can't remember there was little elements in my life when, you know, he speaks to me. That's one thing that I do have a good relationship with him where I, I hear his voice very clearly. And, um, it's happened throughout my whole life. And, and the funny thing is like the first time it really happened, I was in my parents' backyard, you know, mowing this huge yard and he tells me read ezekiel 33 you're going to be a watchman i'm like a what i thought am i going to make watches or what in the world am i supposed to be <laughs> i had no idea and so that was kind of the beginning of my journey and then i read it and went, oh that's what a watchman is somebody watches for uh, trouble coming and um so i'd always ask him questions i'd say okay you know because i i just read about the antichrist and i said well who's the antichrist and the lord had always told me he's your age I'm like, oh, really? He's my age, huh? He says, yep, born in the same year. I'm like, okay, because I was born in 1961. And then um, one time I asked him, I said, okay, Lord, um, what, what month was he born in? You know, I'm born in March. When was he born? August. Okay. And I said, well, what day? And he said, August 4th. I'm like, oh, okay. And then you know, I told my brother. He's the only one I told, and he's like, you're nuts. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't think anything of it. And and what he did over the course of the last 20 years, I didn't realize who the Antichrist was until 2012, but just little bits and pieces as my life would go on. I mean, one time in 99, I had a dream, and it was a vision of who the Antichrist was. And a lot of times when this would happen, I'm not really watching stuff nor paying attention. And um, and it, I, I just remember seeing this guy. He had kind of a fierce-looking face because this was the Antichrist. It wasn't the man of sin, which is different. They're, the facial expressions change a little bit. You know, it's just their demeanor. But um, but what happened is I saw his face, but the glass was like a dark brown glass like you'd see in a root beer bottle or something like that, or a beer bottle, whatever, but it was a dark brown glass. So I couldn't make it out make out the features but I'm looking at him he had really short hair big ears those kind of stood out and um <laughs> and because I was expecting him to be some guy with long hair and kind of a wild man and and I couldn't tell if he was white or I knew he wasn't a black guy because he didn't have the facial features but when I was looking at him you know he wasn't wasn't Caucasian either but I was like is he Arab or what I couldn't tell and obviously a mixed race um <laughs> And and that was in 99. And then, you know, fast forward again, um, in 2012 is when I met Elvie, or 2011 when I met, no, 2012 is when I met Elvie. And that's when I started putting the pieces together, like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. And it didn't dawn on me that it was, you know, Obama. And um, 
you know, and then since then I've had dreams of him, um, you know, where, where I confronted him when he was actually the Antichrist in the tribulation and he's very agitated, yelling at all his, you know, aides and whatnot to, you know, to, to finish the job of getting rid of the Christians on the planet. He was extremely agitated when that was going on. And, and other things that I, um, you know, and then just a couple nights ago, I was telling Elvie that I had a dream that it was, you know, the Obama with this other guy whose face I couldn't see. I was kind of guessing he was either the false prophet, you know, second beast. And, um, but they were going around trying to, it's like they'd mark your, your forehead and then they were marking you to get chipped. And I was sleeping and I happened to be, you know, my kids are both grown. I got a 21 year old daughter and a 17 year old son, but they were just little kids. And I think it was them. I'm not sure who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was. They were trying to, trying to mark our forehead. And I'm like, get out of here. What are you doing? Get away. You're not going to do that to us. And I I shoot them off. And it it just, um, I mean, when I was talking to LD, it's just another reminder of how close we are and, and who he is and, and, you know, kind of looking back and thinking back, you know, you know, you know that he's got ambitions to, you know, run the United Nations. That would almost make more sense in the role of an antichrist than, um, you know, than being the president. And uh, one thing I just saw that was really kind of interesting in Daniel chapter 11, verse 27, it says, And both of them, the kings, um, shall have in their hearts to do evil, and they will speak lies at one table, but it will not prosper for the end shall still be the appointed time. So you got both the king of the south and the king of the north sitting at the table, evil in their heart, lying to each other. <laughs> so that's what's going to go on in the tribulation. And, um, you, you know, and, and other things like, you know, just to kind of remind you, like in Daniel 8, you know, when, when Elvie and I were talking, I remember, you know, reading Daniel 8, where it talks about in verse 23, where it says in the latter time, of their kingdom, when the transgressions are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. In other words, it's when the cup of iniquity is filled up. It's when all the sins are, are, are filled, they've reached their fruition. And right now we're just seeing, you know, obviously more and more gross sins, whether it's, you know, homosexuality, it's, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I don't have to start in that. But so we can all see that that's what's going on. You're seeing this evil rise up. And, um, but this is what's interesting, you guys. It says a king of fierce countenance, which kind of reminds me of the picture I saw in 99. Because when he becomes, switches gears from being the man of sin to the Antichrist, the facial expressions change. He's got a very... I guess it's a very agitated attitude all the time when I was around him, you know, when I was having a confrontation with him and very angry. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of one of the things that, that, um, you know, is confirmed in the Bible. The other thing it says here is, is, um, uh, and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And I remember when I did a little study on dark sentences, it's called dark sentences means dark sayings or speech or hard questions. Um, it's, it's a trick. It's a conundrum. Um, it's a proverb type of a riddle. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's, um, you know, he, he basically understands a lot of the, 
I guess the occultic and that type of stuff that goes on. That's kind of the way I read that. And then the other thing is, you know, and his power shall mighty, in verse 24 it says, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty, the holy people. Obviously he goes into Jerusalem to to do destruction. But when it talks about destroy wonderfully, it's a um it's it's basically saying that it's a it's extraordinary or very difficult it's it's distinguished it's a accomplishing a very hard thing is what that means so there's something that looks very difficult to do and he has success in it um that's another you know signpost of who he is and what he is you know and the thing too you know when it talks about um policy it says in verse 25 and through his policy also shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall stand up against the prince of pieces, but he shall be broken without hand. So obviously, you know, standing up to Jesus doesn't bode very well or work very well for him. But, you know, policy is basically, it means there's intelligence, there's um, success, you know, discretion, prudence, wisdom. That's what that word policy means. And craft is basically, it's deception, it's deceit, it's it's false, it's feigned, it's guile, subtlety, treachery. You know, so the craft is designed to trick people into, um, you know, doing something. And I'm sure that's what the, that's what he's trying to do with the mark of the beast. That will be his um, his his modus operandi. Because um, you know, when he does that, you know, he has them. And that's and that's the problem, you know. You see here both the king of the south and the north of, you know, evil in their hearts, and uh, and and that's what um, you know some of the signs are. But I guess the the bottom line is, you know, we we can look at the Antichrist, but um, keep looking to Jesus because we'll know who he is. And it does say that in the Bible too that um, that you know in Second Thessalonians chapter two that we're going to know who the Antichrist is. There's a you know he will be revealed. Um, let me let me try to get to that LV. Amen. Praise the Lord. There you go. Uh, this this thing of sin that we know who God mm-hmm. has revealed to us, the signs of of Him are up there. Like Him yes. trying to be the president of the UN. That that have been that's been shown to me years ago. Was shown to Larry that he will go to the UN. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the part that he was going to go to the UN. But I knew about the part that he was going to go to Europe. Because, again, Revelation 13, 11, uh, the first beast gives power to the second beast. So as he goes to Europe, he gives power to the one in Europe because they're working together. The first beast mm-hmm. is going to get wounded. We know that. That is another sign the Bible has given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, everything is so clear in regard to that. Now, in Daniel 12, 7, and I heard, uh, Daniel says, and I heard the man clothed in linen who was upon the water of the river when he held up the right hand and his left hand up to heaven, saw by him that liveth forever that it should be for a time, time and a half, and when he should have accomplished the scattering of the power of the people, all these things should be finished. So who's going to scatter the power of the Jewish people, the Antichrist, brothers and sisters? Why? Because the, the scattering of the power, the power of the Jewish people is the idea. 
They are the leaders, brothers and sisters. The Lord was revealing me this yesterday to me. I was like, oh, man. They are the one right now that Netanyahu talks about all the time, keeping the Jewish people safe, protected. Okay? They are the one that God is using to keep them protected. In, in 2001, on 9-11, when the U.S. got attacked, the IDF sent a plane over the U.S. protecting the back of their friends. They have shown the United States that they are the friend. And they, they proved out that in 9-11, the plane of Israel was flying over the U.S., protecting them from another attack. Brothers and sisters, why? Because they're the, they are the friend. But the United States has been protecting the back of Israel for many years, but now they're not as they used to. So it, the IDF and them are very nervous because they've been there for their friend, but their friends is not being there for them so much. So the power that the UN is trying to divide the Jewish people, the IDF, their protection, this deal with, with, with the Arabs, with the Palestinians and, and, and Israel, the two-state solution that they're trying to bring to pass, that they are saying over the news that they're going to go to the table in September 2016 to force the Jewish people to, to sign the two-state solution. What do you think about this, Brother John? Yeah, I I agree. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, when you read that, it never talks about the king of the west. He's gone. <laughs> it talks about the king of the north, the south, and then the kings of the east come in in, in Revelation. And so that mm-hmm. would make sense that he's going to have ambitions to, uh, you know, to get that position as the king of the south. And um, mm-hmm. and and it's true that that's something that he's he's talked about actively pursuing. You know, getting in with the UN and whatnot, so it, it completely makes sense. And um, you know, the stuff about Daniel in, in Daniel chapter twelve, you're right. You know, that's that's what his goal is. I mean, you look at his policies today; everything has been very much against Christians. You know, and you know, I know he claims to be a Christian, but it's but it, but when you look at what he does and not what he says, you'll see he's not one. It's, it's very obvious. Um, you know, especially I was, a, I don't know, LV, did you ever see that YouTube video of him criticizing Jesus' Sermon on the Mount when he was a senator in the, on yes, the Congress floor and basically blaspheming God? Oh, completely. And I totally agree. You know, so that tells you what's in his heart. You know, it's, it's a dark heart. And he's and he's not one of us. And, and he's, you know, I've never heard him say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Never heard him say, you know that um, you know the basic tenets that John teaches in you know First John chapter one, where you test the spirits or try the spirits to see if they're you know if they can confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and he's he's never done that, and you know and those are those are the guys who are the antichrist, and and they're you know and that's the first litmus test that I would say LV that we can look at for. Who's maybe suspected of being that person Now obviously You and I have had You know you much more than me Supernatural you know occurrences But but the reality is I mean he's he's passing all the All the tests When you look at the You know how he operates How he you know what he does Not what he says It's it's it is the same mode of what the Antichrist would be So yeah to me it totally makes sense That he goes and tries to shore up his uh, power in, um, you know, in Europe and 
probably in Africa as well, you know, because that might just be one huge conglomerate against the, the Russian, you know, and all their, um, you know, allies that they will get in the in these last days too. Um, yeah, you're right. Cause, but the thing that I, you know, when you look at this, the reason we need to be repenting and need to be prepared for this rapture is, you know, the West is not here. It's It's gone. And, um, you know, it's going to go through a horrific, uh, you know, judgment. And, um, you know, and I think, uh, I think it behooves all of us to, you know, just keep looking, keep our eyes open and keep repenting every day. Just like brother Elvie says, because we're all sinning machines and we got to do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother John. That is awesome. And then Daniel twelve eleven, brothers and sisters, from the time that the daily sacrifice to be taken away, the abomination that make it desolate is set up. Okay, so for the time of the daily sacrifice, we know that in the moment the Jewish people finish uh, the construction of the third temple, which is they're starting this year, 2016, the Pope have announced a few months ago that by 2017, they have already set up, the Pope has set up their office in Jerusalem. They have set up their office in Jerusalem. Is that in the Bible? Look at it right here in the Bible. From the time the daily sacrifice should be taken away and the abomination, make it desolate, set up. Make it desolate, set up. There should be 1,290 days. They are waiting for the tribulation to begin for the Pope to set up their office in Jerusalem. It gives you the time. By this time, 290 days, they already have their office in Jerusalem. They already announced their office that they're going to have it in Jerusalem. So this clearly tells you that the, the abomination, which is not, is not only the, the Antichrist, but also the full prophet, together are part of the abomination. So as we say that the Pope is a full prophet, it could be it being confirmed in the Bible when they set up their office in Jerusalem. From the time of the daily sacrifice to be taken away, this daily sacrifice is going in Jerusalem, first of all, which Daniel spoke about it, which Jesus also confirmed in Matthew 24, the abomination and desolation. That is, that is the Antichrist and the full prophet together, brothers and sisters, that make it desolate, set up. What are they setting up? Their office, their business. Mm-hmm. And it, he, they announced out of Rome They're going to set up their office in Jerusalem There should be mm-hmm. 1,290 days Everything they're going to do God has given them our time Time is not in the favor of the devil It's not in the favor of the Antichrist Or the full prophet Time is in our favor And it's in the favor of the Jewish people Why? The devil is scared Revelation 12 Because time is running out Time is not in their favor so they're scared, they're running, they don't know what to do, they try to do everything as fast as they can because time is not in their favor. We can take our time in repenting. We can take our time seeking the Lord because time is in our favor, brothers and sisters. We don't need to be afraid of time. We gotta give God thanks for the little time He has given us, brothers and sisters, to serve him, excuse me, to come close with him. To be a repenting with him Because that's what that's where the Lord wants us to be Close with him and repenting Brothers and sisters That 
we can come to him, and he will come to us because he's faithful. As we are in repenting, seeking the Lord. So they're going to set up their office in Jerusalem, exactly as they have announced. Is the abomination that make it desolate, doing all this evil, planning all these evil. Praise the Lord. But God says this to them in Ezekiel 39. Therefore, thou son of and prophesy against God and say, Thou say the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, O God, chief of the prince of Meshach and Tobal. So God is speaking to the leader of Russia. Watch out, you prince. Watch out, you prince, because I'm watching you. I'm against thee. I'm not by your side. I'm not supporting you. What you're doing, the evil you're planning to do against my people, Israel, I am watching you. I am watching. God is watching them. And God is watching all of them that are, that are joining them. I don't know how many of you saw a, a, a video that came out of Egypt a few weeks ago of this woman who traveled from Syria to Egypt. And some, uh, uh, some friends and family lent her, lent her the computer, and she was able to put up a video where she stayed and said that the Russians in, in Syria had been lying to the world. And together with the U.S. and some other country are working together. They made up ISIS. She said, what ISIS are they talking about? Well, they came to our neighborhood after the construction of those buildings in Syria that you cannot see through satellite. You can try to go into Syria and take a pictures of these buildings they made in Syria that the Russians' army made. They're almost miles long, and you cannot take pictures. What are they doing in those buildings? Training the biggest army ever to attack Israel. That's what they're doing. Because not even the IDF or Netanyahu are allowed to know what is going on in Syria. They're not going to be happy me talking about this. But please give me wow. give me in your prayer. Okay, and this woman said, that they came to the neighborhood in Syria and paid cash dollar, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the family who was letting their boys go be trained to become part of the greater army, they said. Come and become part of the greater army. And then they went, she saw planes uh, uh, shooting a neighborhood where there were no people there. They paid, the Russian paid them to get out. And then the Russian general went on television after she saw this, claiming that they were destroying ISIS and attacking ISIS, and, it, and they were laughing because there's no ISIS. It's a, ISIS is a made-up stuff that they have made that with them in the United States and the rest of the world because they're just making the biggest army ever in Syria so they can attack Israel and take over the, over the Middle East. And all the spoils, says Daniel, that they want to take away from the, from the people. That's all they want, to take the spoils, says Ezekiel and Ezekiel 38. Okay? All, everything God has blessed them with technology, that's all they want that the Jewish people have. They want to take it away because for years, uh, uh, hallelujah, Israel has shared their technology, secret technology with Israel. But since 2008, since uh, uh, Bush was in office, and he started doing funny business with Condoleezza Wright, where they cut off the assistance to Israel or the support in, in the IDF, and then noticed how the United States were not their friends anymore. They stopped sharing technology with the U.S. and the rest of the world. And that's why what they got now, no one knows, and they want it. But militarily, they're going to use the power through the U.N., the political power, international pressure to have Israel give up the technology so they can go over the, the Holy Land and take over what they have, brothers and sisters. Russia right now 
is training the soldiers in Syria, being paid by the U.S. and many other countries, to make the biggest army ever to attack Israel, brothers and sisters. The Psalm 83 is about to begin. Now, the U.N. this past few days has been saying that they're going to the table in September to try to pressure, and they didn't say try, to pressure Israel to sign up the two-state solution because the Palestinians already agreed. Abbas, the leader of the Palestinians, have agreed and have said yes, he agreed. And now they want Netanyahu to say he will agree. And Netanyahu has said to his people, they will not. And they are afraid that some Jewish and New Yorkers around the U.S. will rise up in riot so they're even preparing for, for the biggest martial law the U.S. has seen in case the Jewish people will rise up in, because they are not supporting the two-state solution. They have said that Jerusalem is, is, is their capital, and they're standing by their belief, but the rest of the nation don't believe so. They're saying Tel Aviv is your capital, stay in Tel Aviv. Hallelujah, miles away from Jerusalem, and let Jeru- give Jerusalem to the Gentiles. Will that happen? What do you think, Brother John? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> that that doesn't surprise me, the stuff about Syria. I, I never heard that until just now. So thanks, Elvi. Um, you know, because you know when you read Ezekiel, or Psalm 83 that, um, you know, all the coalition of, you know, nations that attack Israel are, are really all the nations that are around it right now. And, um, you know, so that totally makes sense. And this, this ISIS thing, I know it's, it's been a, I, I know we're not getting the full story. So that, that, that definitely bears witness with me, brother. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's uh it's a powder keg right now. And plus when we were and you were talking about, you know, the rebuilding of the temple, um, you know, one of the key ingredients is getting the, um, getting the, the Ark of the Covenant back out. And putting the real Ark of the Covenant out Now keep in mind you guys The Ark of the Covenant has not been around For you know 2500 years And it was And it was hidden in you know Jeremiah's grotto Or that's a word for Jeremiah's cave And that thing will come out They know exactly where it is You know you can look at Ron Wyatt's stuff I, You know he, he actually stumbled across Or was allowed to find it because that's going to be something that uh, that's where the abomination of desolation occurs. You know, when he sits on the the mercy seat, that um, that, that Jesus's blood was spilled on. If you look at Ron's account, it's very interesting. But you know, suffice to say, it's everything speeding speeding ahead, isn't it, LV? <laughs> it is. It's, it is. It's, it's just it's just one sign after another after another. It's it's amazing, and you can tell that they're ready to. You know, surround Israel and attack them when they think they've got the upper hand. But obviously, it sounds like Israel's got weapons that uh, the world does not have. And I, I know they got technology that um, the world doesn't have. And I don't know what it is, but um, that's what I've heard from people in the military. They don't know what they have. And, um, you know, that's, uh, so that's definitely confirmed something I've heard, brother. Amen. The Lord is so good because the Lord always. Uh, Confirmed the, the, the things. I, I met a soldier who, who was a soldier back in Israel from the U.S. a long time ago, and and, and he shared with me some of the technology that we have today, that Israel had back in the '60s. U.S. got mm-hmm. it got it from them in the '80s, but almost 20 years prior, Israel already had a technology. God already had given them 
all these uh, plasma TVs that people have today, Israel had it in the 60s. U.S. got it, government, the U.S. government got it in the 80s, early 80s. And now people wow. have, what, almost 2,000? In the 2000, mm-hmm. 20 years after, mm-hmm. the, the U.S. government had it, but Israel had it, what, 40 years before? Their yeah. technology, we're using today, they already have technology like 40 years ahead of any anyone mm-hmm. in the world. Israel has that technology already. The rabbi, yep. the Lord reveals to them the technology. The engineer writes it down. They write it down to the engineer, and the engineer put it together. It makes a technology. <laughs> and, and they're doing this stuff every day, every day. Wow. These rabbi and engineer get together. So when God reveals to the rabbi the technology, they write it down, and the engineer puts the technology together. They got spies playing that the U.S. wants to get a hold of them. Because they got yeah. planes that, that can control themselves, go up and down themselves, and, and do fuel themselves and everything without any, any man's help or anything. And so far mm. in the year, they are in operation. They have not failed yet. Not failed yet. Mm. They can wow. fly undetected in the sky. They can fly undetected by any radar in the sky and can move from one place to another so fast that no country can, can pick them up. And you can take well, pictures of everything and, mm-hmm. and capture all kinds of information and send it to the Israelites, to the IDF, and they can process that information in seconds. It, it is incredible what they have. It, and, and, Israel, and the United States has shown highly interest in them, but uh, uh, the Israelite, the IDF is not willing to negotiate them yet because some of the, mm-hmm. some of the new, new ones that they just came out like three years ago, and, and they, don't wanna, they don't want the world to get a hand on this technology yet. But it is yeah. incredible what they can do with it. And so much technology they have. With the new technology they have, they have found oil and gas, unlimited amount in Jerusalem, in Israel, in Israel, around Yep, Israel. that's what I was going to say in the Golan Heights, too, brother. There's a huge oil well under that. Oil oh. and many other minerals, too, they have found, too. That mm-hmm. they, they know exactly what they have and billions and trillions of dollars in it. And they mm-hmm. are not going to, to, to release the information until they, they, they make sure they're going to need it, brothers and sisters. But Israel has everything they need, and they need nothing from the world. They have the trillions of dollars they need ingesting all the stuff they have to find out. But, you know, mm-hmm. praise the Lord. I was starting the solar panel they made. It's 80, they are 80% efficient when, when, when uh, I think it was Panasonic that came out with the 60% efficient. The, the Jewish people came, came after, after them and released the 80% efficient solar panel. And the wow. rabbi said, this, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. They're selling it to the Californians and other, country, other nations because mm-hmm. they are the best solar panel in the world. They can collect energy. They don't need to be as big, and they can collect more solar energy than any other panel in the world right now. And they're already developing better panels that they're not even mm-hmm. releasing the information. The rabbi said, we can make this 100% efficient. This is not a problem. He said, I'm beating you. I'm, I'm laughing because it's true. I know they can <laughs> do it. Because God shows it to them in the Bible. They can see it in the Bible. This is incredible. Praise the Lord. But the nations are not happy that they are coming out with all this stuff because they'll, they'll take over the market. They'll make all the billions and trillions of dollars in the market. And that's why they're mm-hmm. not happy. They want to get their hands on this stuff, brothers and sisters. But it's God. It's, of course it's God revealing to them all this stuff. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen. We. This is why we can see what God is doing with the Jewish people. We need to put our trust in the Lord. This is what we need to do. Verse 2 of Ezekiel 39. I will turn thee back and leave but a sixth part of thee. I will cause thee to come up from the north part and will bring thee up on the mountain of Israel. Look what God said. I'm going to leave you with the 666 on you. The sixth part. I'm going to leave the 666 on you, God. So who, who is Russia working for? God is telling us who Russia is working for. The Antichrist. He's revealing to us, I will turn thee back and leave you with six part of thee. The Antichrist, six, 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 brothers and sisters. I'm going to leave the six, six on you. You, you want to serve the Antichrist? He's serving, they're serving Satan. They're serving the Antichrist. That's why in Syria, they're like two brothers working together. They're, they're working together for the Antichrist. I will cause thee to come out from the north part and bring thee upon the mountain of Israel. Another part, it's not the plan, it is not the plan of the Antichrist to come to the mountain of, of, of Israel, but God is going to make them come to the mountain. Remember that when Pharaoh decided to change Moses and God's people after they let him go, after God forced them, God forced them to let go of my people, as Moses had told them. And after they let go of God's people, then after they were two or three days away, then Pharaoh's heart got hardened again and decided to go back again after them to kill them in the wilderness, they say. You see, they got their own ideas. They got their own evil plan. God has a higher plan, and it's to end them. How is God going, how is God going to end the Pharaoh? Very easy. When he opened up the sea, and his people had gone through because they have days ahead, hours and days ahead. After they decided to go in through it like they did, because they said, oh, we can do the same. What mighty army, what the mighty army of the earth, the pride was in the way. And then they decided to go through. God released the water back down again, and the water dropped each and one of them. Not one escaped. That whole army was killed. God has a similar plan Again, because the same spirit that was driving Pharaoh to come against God's people, against the Lord, because whoever comes against one of his little ones comes against him. So the same spirit that was then, then, it is in this Antichrist and these people today, their pride have blinded them. And so they're going again to come against the Jewish people one more time. That's why right now in Syria, they've been there for months. They have made all the buildings where they got all the training camp, where they are training the soldiers. They have created all the obstacles, all the things, all the training tools they need to make these men into the best soldiers. Where Russian and the United States best training men, training them in all kinds of weapons and technology and all that that they have. So when they come against the Jewish people, supposedly they think they are going to win, but they are wrong. They are making the biggest mistake. As Pharaoh made the biggest mistake to go against Moses and God's people, and God destroyed them, in, hallelujah, between the Red Sea. God again is bringing them to the mountain because the devil wanted to come to the mountain and take over. Again, it's in the devil's heart to come to the mountain again. But again, God is going to put them to shame. Look what God said. 
in Second Second Colossians two fifteen, having despoiled the principality and power, he made a show show of them openly, triumphing over them. In it, hallelujah, he triumphed on the cross over them. He defeated them back then, and he's going to defeat them again. Because this is the work of the principalities and powers of Satan. The things that they are going to win in this final World War III, final battle, Armageddon, that they are putting together. But they are not going to win. What do you think, Brother John? Yeah, I, I, I believe you. You know, they're, um, I mean, they're basically plotting to, you know, take out Israel and just like, like the Arab neighbors all say, you know, push them into the sea. And make him no more But God's got another plan for him And that's why he's been um, You know Feeding him weapons And, and, and things that um, That are You know Stuff that nobody has You know Anti-gravitational Devices that they got For aircraft and whatnot Some of the stuff I've heard about Where That's how it can go super fast And And turn on a dime And just take off They've got um, I mean all kinds of things To protect themselves but but the reality is, you know, the the world is delusional, and uh, and you know, and that's and that's Satan's kingdom. You know, he keeps telling these guys, "We're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win," but they're not going to win. <laughs> they're all believing a lie. He's the father of lies. So and let me tell you, the, the U.S. has demonic weapon uh, that they have put in their plane. I was driving uh, a few a few days ago to South between South and North Carolina to one of the biggest bays in the U.S. out there. And one of the planes, just in a, in, a, in a very clear day, up here almost right in front of us, coming down on the base, and it, and it was such a big plane, brothers and sisters, and, and it just appeared out of the cloud. Out of, it, it wasn't even coming out of the cloud. They have this technology where the plane can make themselves invincible to the, to the, to the human eye, where you not, we cannot see them. And it is all demonic technology that they're using, brothers and sisters. I wish I could have taken a photo, but they did it so quick. But it's incredible demonic technology that they have received from demons, and they have put in these planes where they can make the plane disappear in the cloud and just can just go anywhere and do whatever they want, brothers and sisters. This is the stuff they're planning to use against Israel. The Bible says in, um, praise the Lord, in Daniel 11, Brothers and sisters, verse 36, this is the pride of them. And the king should go according to his will, and he shall insult himself and magnify himself about every god, and should speak marvelous things against the God of God, and shall prosper till the end of nation be accomplished, for thou which is determined shall be done. There were people back early, like in 2013, 14, that was saying to me, Brother Elvis, do you think the U.S. economy is going to fall any day or any time soon? And I said this, it is going to fall because the Lord has shown me it's going to fall, but not any time soon. Why? Because I share with them Daniel 11.36. He is going to prosper till the end of the nation be accomplished, the Bible says. Until God destroys them, until God takes them out, and he will sing. He will, he will always talk about job creation, having everything going fine when things are falling down. But not everything is going to fall down right away. 
because they have their time. It's very short, though. They have their time to do their evil, but it's going to be very short because if the Bible tells us that they're going to do these things, they're going to have the time to do it also. God is going to grant them the time. But it doesn't mean that God is not going to destroy them. Of course he is. But it's all going to be all in God's timing, brothers and sisters. Because a lot of people get desperate and they say, this has got to happen this year. Or should have happened last year. It's all going to happen in God's timing. We know it's going to happen. We know and it's also soon to come. We just don't know the day. Verse 37. Neither shall he regard God of his father, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God. For he should magnify himself above all. He is very prideful. You read uh, uh, Revelation 13, you notice how prideful the beast is, brothers and sisters. He blasphemes anything that has to do with God and his saints because he's full of pride. He is full of pride. He, he's thinking now he's going to go to the U.N., become the president, and through the U.N. lead the world, brothers and sisters. They're already talking about moving the U.N. from New York to Europe, Europe brothers and sisters. I believe it's somewhere in Germany or Switzerland. I, I'm not sure which one of the two right now. But I heard that the U.N., they are planning to move the U.N. from New York City, brothers and sisters. I don't know the timing that they have for this, but this is another thing that may be coming up on the news very soon. So don't be surprised when you hear them on the news talking about moving the U.N., but they are. Do you hear anything about this, Brother John? Um, yeah, I have heard about that, and, um, you know, and I – I thought it was Germany what I heard, or else I was thinking Brussels, but I, I'm, I, I, it's been so long I don't, I don't recall. But yeah, yeah, they are talking about it. Now he's actively uh, pursuing that job too. So I mean that would make sense. And plus the other thing is when the, when the devastation does hit the United States, they can't have it in New York anymore because New York's going to be flattened. I mean the United sure. States is the, you know, it'll be gone. So they're going to have to have an alternative location. You know, just in the event of a, an emergency, and I'm sure they've already got it picked out, ready to go. So, if they don't move right away, that'll be the the thing to push them over there for sure. But uh, but yeah, it, you you can see, you know, I know Netanyahu's been negotiating and lobbying those guys not to let him run the UN because he knows how much of a how much against Israel he is, and um, you know, so that that would that that makes sense. You know, it really does, brother. Amen. And that's every time Netanyahu talks about God and the promise of God and all that in the, the U.N., they ro- everyone rolls their eyes, right? Every yeah. time again. They're so yeah. atheist, they're so unbelieving that they don't want to hear anything about God in the U.N. They're atheists, they don't want to believe in God. But let me tell you what the U.N. has in paper that really, when I heard that news that came out of them, and I usually look for official news. Not so much people. I, I love to hear prophecies and dreams and all that because that confirms everything God is showing us too. But there's also official news coming out of the U.N. And one of the news I heard is that what they have is a seven-year treaty on paper that they're looking to have Netanyahu and Abbas, the two leaders, and the rest of, of the U.N. members and, and, and the rest of the leader who and both of us, approve in September the two-state solution. Once the two-state solution is signed, they're looking forward for a seven-year treaty. And <laughs> I was listening to that, and I'm like, oh, man, this, this is exactly what the Bible says in Daniel. But yeah. then they also mentioned the first three and a half years of trial or testing 
Let's see what mm. happened in the first three years and a half, first three and a half. What does the Bible say about the first three and a half of the John? Well, the Bible, basically, that's where the, you know, the abomination and desolation occurs in the, right in the middle of the three and a half years. So that's probably when they're building the temple and, and getting things put together. Because didn't they say it's going to take them like, I've heard 18 months, 20, 24 months, or 30 months to build the temple. I'm, I'm not sure how long it's going to take to build that. But I would assume you've got that. But then you've also got, you know, the bees starting to chip people. So the first three and a half years are horrific for the Christians on earth. That's where the, the, the martyrdom really, you know, kicks in too. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I don't know. I, to, to me, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. You're just watching history unfold right before our eyes. Amen. And the, and the, the news that they're going to they're fulfill, fulfill Daniel, that is incredible. Three and a half years mm-hmm. of peace and, and, two, and three and a half years of great tribulation. And, and it just, it is just incredible. And it it's just incredible. You see that, and I'm like, I got to talk about this. This, this is incredible. They have this stuff on paper, blank, black ink, ready for all these people to sign. To pressure, to force is the word they're using, to force Israel to sign the seven years treaty, brothers and sisters. Seven year peak treaty, they call it treaty. This is incredible. This is just incredible. But the Bible says sudden destruction. When they say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman in travail. Sudden destruction as a woman in labor. It's going to be incredible to, to see the sudden destruction. Some people say nuclear weapons. Uh, they just don't know. They just don't know. We know that uh, Turkey, they brought a, a plane uh, of Russia as Turkey, uh, I don't know if Tur- Turkey agreed or this was just a show to keep everyone looking to Turkey because it, I hear news that Turkey is part of what Russia uh, is planning. They are together with Russia. But at the same time, we heard President Putin coming on television and the president of Turkey because of the plane they knocked down, but it was all like an, an entertaining person system they were doing. So people were not focused on the building Russia with building in Syria. This is so sad. Everything they do is deceiving. That's why Jesus said, BG not deceived. Because everything they do, brothers and sisters, is so deceiving. It's so misleading that if you look up the things on the news, you will not focus on the truth that is happening behind closed doors. And so, again, and so they say Turkey is part of them, but then, you know. And so if you think about it, who's going to launch a first nuclear weapon? Well, uh, North Korea... Okay, just test a ballistic missile where they can put a nuclear a weapons in it and bring it to the United States or any part of the world, brothers and sisters. They're getting ready. And we know that uh, North Korea is not alone in what they're doing. There's a unity between Russia, Iran, and China. Okay, and North Korea is part of that, believe it or not. They may, mm. They're making it believe that it's not, but... Uh, People will be surprised as they work together in the, lot of, in the days to come. They will be very surprised. I'm telling you right now, if you think that they're not part of Russia, China, and Iran, you have been deceived because you're going to see them working together. And you'll be very surprised, brothers and sisters, because when the Lord showed me the attack on the U.S. soil, uh, it, was, it was them to, working together. North Korea 
is not going to attack the U.S. on their own. They're just so little, brothers and sisters. North Korea is so small. They know the U.S. from South Korea can take them down anytime. So do you think they're not going to join Russia and them? Of course they are. Of course they're going to make friendship in China. Why, why can the U.S. listen to this? Why haven't the U.S. attacked North Korea? Why haven't they gone in there and disarmed them and arrested the leaders and all that? Why do you think? Because they are united with China. That's why China protects them. Russia, China, and Iran protects them. So if the U.S. goes against North Korea, who do you think is going to defend North Korea? It was like when Russia had missed on Cuba. If the U.S. were to race against Cuba, who do you think they have to fight? Russia. Brothers and sisters, be not deceived. These countries are together as one. The president of China just had a, had a, a, a meeting with some of the North Korean leaders, brothers and sisters. And they, they were not fighting among them. They were getting along. They had lunch together. Everything was fine. They enjoyed coffee together. There was no disagreement. There's only disagreement is what the U.S. they have in. But Beijing had to see, brothers and sisters. When I saw that on the news, I, I laughed because they think they're going to deceive me when they show this stuff on the news. They, they, they say one thing on, on, on the air. They just try to deceive people. But we got to stick with the word of God, brothers and sisters. I, I don't watch television for news anymore. Hardly. Sometimes I do. Sometimes when major news happens, brothers and sisters, I go on and, and I look up the news. But not every day. Ah, not every week either. Sometimes it's once or twice a month that I go on and watch the news because it, it is bad news. Why would I want to hear bad news all the time, brothers and sisters? Unless the word of God is being fulfilled. Although the word of God is being fulfilled every day anyway. Praise the Lord. But we, we, we have to be careful that we are not deceived because these nations are together. We've seen how the United States could not attack Iran because Russia is, 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 has business with Iran. Before any country can go into Syria, they have to ask Russia for permission. And that's how they did it because Syria belongs to them too. There's so much they're not telling people. They make you believe that they can go to any country whenever they want, and it's not true. It is all a lie and a deceit. But these countries, all these nations are working together to put the biggest army to attack the Jewish people. And God told us in his word. But the question is, if we believe God's word, God says in Ezekiel 39, verse 3, And I will smite the bow out of thy left hand. I will cause thy arrow to fall out out of thy right hand. They are armed both ways. The left hand is their, their friends, their friends helping them. The right hand is the one that trusts in the weapon, the nuclear weapon. Every kind of weapon they have, what well, they can attack Israel with. And God is showing it to us in his word. Look, they're arming the, they're arming the left hand. And the left hand, they have a bow. Very, very prophetic, very significant, the bow that they have in their left hand. But the arrow, hallelujah, there's an arrow in the, in the right hand. Very prophetic. Very profound, very prophetic. Brothers and sisters, a bow and an arrow. The two things are very significant for the last days. Those are all these countries together ready to attack. Because when, remember, back then when the soldier had the bow, they had the arrow, all they had to do was, was stretch the, the bow, hallelujah, 
and just let go of the arrow and kill the soldier. They are ready to attack. All this training they do in Syria, they're getting themselves ready to attack, God is saying to us. They're ready. Join us one. The arrow and the bow have to become one at one time at least to attack who they want to attack. Who do they want to attack? Israel. Because that's what God says to us. Verse 4, that shall fall upon the mountain of Israel. There you go. It's Israel they were. Thou and all thy forces. There you go. You see that the arrow and the bow are forces that have joined together ready to attack, brothers and sisters. That's what they're doing. This is so prophetic what God is telling us here. We have to research it. And all the people that are with thee, I will give thee unto the revenue bird, revenue bird, and every source to the beast of the field to the devour. The revenue bird that God is talking about is chemical weapons. The chemical weapon out there at the postal to use it against God's people. We know that there's chemical weapon in Syria. More. I want you to look this up on YouTube. I want you to look it up on YouTube because I have this information for, I'm, I'm sorry, on Google. I want you to Google this. I want you to Google the nation that has more chemical weapons. Okay? Syria is a small country, a small piece of land, has the most chemical weapons out of all nations in the world. And that's exactly what they're training the soldiers. I look it up on Google and I was so surprised. Syria. Syria. Just Syria, Google said. Than any other country of the world, brothers and sisters. They have it available to use it against God's people. We know that Jewish people have been killed with chemical in Germany through Hitler many years ago and through other parts of the world as they've been found dead and their body has been studied and they found chemical weapon in them, brothers and sisters. They have been killed chemical with chemical. Brothers, it's, it's just so bad. It's so bad, but it's also in the Word of God. Thou shalt fall upon the field, for I have spoken and said the Lord. God knows the evil that they're doing, and only God can stop them. Because nobody has really a weapon that, that, will, that will destroy or remove from the air any chemical uh, agent that is thrown in the air, even if it's put on water. People get sick all the time. If they put it in the air anywhere, they're going to kill thousands of people, maybe millions, with all this stuff they have. So God will have to fight, and God knows what they have. God knows what they have. That's why God will have to intervene, because no man can stop them. Absolutely no nation. No man can stop what they have. But they have chemical weapons, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. They already have all this stuff ready to use. Verse 6, I will stand a fire of Magog among them that dwell comfortably in the island, that they should not know that I am the Lord. Look how God has to, kill, has to destroy the chemical weapon. Chemical weapon, the best way to destroy chemical weapon is with fire. Brothers and sisters, with fire is the best way to destroy chemical weapon. But in order to destroy it completely, the fire has to consume everything where the chemical weapon has been thrown. Look what God says in his word. I will send a fire of Magog. And the moment they release all that chemical weapon to kill all these people in the plain field of Israel, God said, I am going to send a fire. Fire. Look, he doesn't say my fire. His fire is cleansed. He's not sending his fire. He said, I will send a, the letter A, a fire. 
a fire. In other words, the fire that God is going to send has to be literal, literally fire. It has to be a fire that will destroy all the chemical in the air and around the water and around everything because people are going to die. If they need the food with chemical weapons, they're going to die. Brothers and sisters, remember when I saw thrown some of the chemical weapons that they said they had thrown? They, the, how many thousands of people did die with just a small, a small amount, brothers and sisters? And the small amount was something that they can put in the head of a pencil. And thousands of people die, or maybe hundreds of thousands of people. When they throw this, uh, this much of chemical weapon they're going to throw very soon against the Jewish people, God will have to bring his fire, a fire. It's a literal fire to be able to kill this stuff. What do you think, Brother John? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. As you were talking, I was looking up the massive Russian building in Syria, and there it is. Mm. They're, they're building you know what it. I found them? Yeah, it's it's in the northeastern. Um, uh, it looks like it's in northeastern uh, Syria, where it's the okay. the U.S. military, the Kurds, and the Russians are using this thing. And uh, yeah, you're right, and and you're right. The you know it's you know the first judgment was with water, and the second one's going to be with fire. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming the fire is like you're saying it needs to consume all the you know all the chemicals and all the you know, stuff that's uh, designed to kill people. So that would make sense. And you said they burned the weapons for seven years. It, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you can tell, brother, we are headed into these last days and um, fast and furious, and it's not too far out. Um, as, as each day and month goes by, it, it comes more and more and more clear, doesn't it? What's going on? Yes, it does. It really does, Brother John. Well, th- thank you for finding that. Yeah, it's at the north of Syria. They are building there. They're not allowing uh, satellites to take any pictures of them. They're very protected from satellite because they're huge. Some people said they were mile-long uh, where they're training these soldiers, and no one is allowed to. They have really uh, blocked any Google uh, map or anything that can really take photo of them. They're keeping all this stuff hidden, but it's really at the north of Syria where they have this start part of the north. And this woman mm-hmm. revealed this stuff as she came on. Someone posted her video on 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 um on Facebook and someone was translating it with letter, everything she was saying. And I was stunned. It was incredible the information she gave. They were seeking for her. By this time I think she's been killed and most of her friends they, they, they confiscated their computers and everything, throw them in jail and they have all disappeared. Brothers and sisters, this stuff. Someone posted on. I, I thought all of you have seen most of this stuff because they posted on my Facebook uh, page uh, a few weeks ago, a few uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was just there for days. And people were like, "Wow, this is incredible." I didn't post it. Someone did. I just I just watched the video and I was stunned. The woman seemed very sincere. She said her neighborhood was destroying Syria, but it was no ISIS. She said, "What ISIS are they talking about? This is all made up." And they keep lying to people on television about ISIS, he said. And, and you know, they, people like her really help us, our, us the preacher, who are giving, preaching God's word to the people so they can see that God's word is true. What God tells us in his word is true. They, all this lie of, of ISIS that they have created in Al-Qaeda, it's all lie, it's all made up, it is all for their own agenda, it is all them to get ready to attack Israel, 
one way or another, and that's all. That's all they're doing, brothers and sisters. And, and Brother John, I know you have to go to work very early tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow morning. So mm-hmm. if, if you want to go, brother, I, we understand. Amen. All right. Well, amen. Thank you for uh, for having me on for a little bit. I, I really appreciate it. I miss you guys. Unfortunately, I'm temporarily coming. in a job that, uh, that I put a lot of time into. And uh, but it but it looks like uh, things will be changing soon too. So we'll uh, we'll just watch how things uh, things progress, right, Amen. brother? Amen. Yes. Yes. Things All are right. moving. Amen. Well, shalom, brother. Shalom and goodbye. Okay. okay. Bye. Praise the Lord. Thank God for Brother John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So yes, brother and uh, sister, there is so much information. In regard to what is happening, and most of it we can read it in the Word of God. Let me keep reading Ezekiel 39 7. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. Now, God is always seeking to be sanctified and glorified in His holy name to be known. What is God's holy name to be known? Jesus, Messiah. That's the holy name of God that needs to be known. His only begotten Son. Needs to be known, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord, because He's the only Savior of the world, and the Bible says He's the only God. Thank you, Jesus. So I, so I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel. They did not receive Messiah who died for them on the cross, so they don't know Him. But when they come to the knowledge of Messiah, brothers and sisters, they. Hallelujah, their eyes will be open because only Messiah can set you free. Only Messiah, Jesus, can open up your eyes. If you don't know Jesus today, please confess him as your personal Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin, Lord. I receive you in my life as my only personal Savior, Lord. I know that you died for me on the cross and rose again on the third day. I receive you, Jesus. Please forgive my sins. And write my name in the Lamb Book of Life. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, that our names be written in the Life Book of Life, it is more important than any anointed message, than any message we can preach ever. Our name needs to be, brothers and sisters, in the Book of Life. When those men came to Jesus, so happy what God had happened. Praise the Lord. The only concern, the only thing Jesus said, that the name be written in the book of life. Our name, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, needs to be written in the book of life, brothers and sisters. It is more important than anything else, hallelujah, because we are going home. We are going home soon, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Revelation 20, 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So you, you can be a Christian all your life, but if your name is not written in the book of life, it is very dangerous. Lord also revealed that there are ministers down here, that their name has been erased out of the book of life. It is not biblical, Brother Elby. Well, I'm going to show you in the Bible. Everything I tell you, I can prove to you in the Bible. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I'm not going to come here and give you a story, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and tell you something that is not biblical. Here it is, Revelation 22, 19. If any man to take away out of the word of the book of this prophecy, God, not an angel, not a redeemed, 
Not nothing else. The Almighty himself is going to do this. God to take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are read in, the, in that book. God is going to take their name out of the book of life. So God taking the name out of the book of life is biblical? Yes, it is. But God revealed this to someone, that there are preachers down here, pastors and ministers, whose names are being taken out of the book of life. Why? Because they're taken away out of the book of the Bible. They're taken away out of the, out of the Bible, the Word of God. They're changing the Word of God. They're preaching something else but not the Word of God. They're interpreting the Word of God as they feel like it. They're not teaching people the truth, brothers and sisters, out of the book of life. And God himself, the Almighty himself, showed me a few days ago that he's against them. And he himself is going to kill them. God is serious. And God expects us to take his word serious and not play around with it. Taking away, hallelujah, he said, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city. They will not go to heaven, and they are not going to enter the new Jerusalem neither. So where are they going? Well, Revelation 20, 17 says that they will be thrown in the lake of fire. Very clear, brothers and sisters. God is, this is God's business, and we have to take it very serious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Daniel eleven thirty nine 39 says, Thou shalt he do great, great stronghold with strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with his glory. He shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for a price. The division of the land, brothers and sisters, is in Daniel eleven thirty nine. He is planning to divide the land of Jerusalem for a price. He's planning, the Antichrist is planning to divide the land for a price. What, what do you mean for a price? He's getting paid by the, by the kings, and the oil wealthy out of the Middle East are paying him, are paying the Antichrist billions and trillions of dollars for him to pressure Israel to the U.N. so the Holy Land will be divided, brothers and sisters. And look, look at the intention he had in his heart. Daniel eleven thirty nine. Hallelujah. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Everything is in the word of God. Verse 40. And at that time of the end, should the king of the south push, push at him, and the king of the Lord should come against him like a whirlwind, with Sherry of a horseman and with many ships, he shall enter into the country and to overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of, out of his hand. Here it is. This is the other secret hideout that God would have for his people in Israel. That many people know about this, and some are moving there already. Some are seeking this out, and they're moving to, to Israel to this hiding place that God has ready for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I have my confirmation from the Lord. Many other times I had asked for, for the confirmation. Thank you, Lord. And he had confirmed it to me. Verse 41. He to enter into the glorious land, that is the land of Israel, 
glorious land, the land of Israel. And many countries should be overthrown. There are many places that are going to be overthrown. But look what God says, teaches us now. But these shall escape out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Amen. These are three. Uh, some people say one was, there are three towns, three towns in Israel today. These are three towns. I think one of them is a small city. I think it's Edom. Edom is a small city because someone was pointing it out to me. Someone that went to Israel, it has been to these places specifically, and it was telling me, uh, sister was telling me, explaining to me, praise the Lord. And she told me one thing that surprised me, that a few years ago the Lord spoke to her and said to her to move to, this, to these places, specifically to these places, and that God has shown a group of them that have been having Bible study in the U.S. to move to Israel to these specific places because God is going to use them in the end time. I was blown away when she told me this. I said, dear sister, are you serious? Yep. Brother, I'm glad the Lord showed this to you because he has shown this to us already for many years, and we've been praying about this and seeking the Lord, and God already has provided everything we need to move to Israel to these places that he has pointed out that we, we need to go to, and I, I was blown away. Because the Lord showed this to me a few years ago, and I've been cheering on the Lord's heart, but to meet people that the Lord already has spoken to them to go there, because these places are going to be safe. This is incredible. This is incredible. God has everything under control, brothers and sisters. And the sister listened to the Lord's heart when she was telling me. She said, it's amazing how God showed you this, brother Ovi. But we've known about this. God has shown it to us and talked to us about this. And we all have made arrangements to go over there. Praise the Lord. So I say it's incredible. But all these shall escape out of the hand, even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Amen. And let me say that some people even in Israel that listen to the Lord's Tower are amazed at the things the Lord has shown me in the Bible that they already know. They're like, this is incredible. God is showing this to you, but we already know about these things. Praise the Lord. And you're talking to people on the Lord's Tower about these things. This is people listening from Israel, brothers and sisters. They're surprised that I know about these things. And no man has told me about this. No man, but the Lord himself only. Thank you, Jesus. I, I seek this stuff from the Lord because he knows everything. But these you escape out of his hand, even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Amen. I, I can practically tell you what is in all three of them, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But this is a hideout. This is a, a safe heaven. Safe heaven for for. A lot of people, thousands and maybe millions, that are going to be going there, and there are already hundreds of thousands of people, and I think there's more, already who will be protected from the Antichrist. They know the Antichrist is going to go there, and they talk about it. They teach about it, brothers and sisters, all the time. They talk about this all the time in their Bible study, in the group Bible study. Brothers and sisters, I, not, I have not heard one Bible study out of them yet. And I talk about this on the Lord's Tower when the sister was telling me. It is amazing the things you tell you tell the people on the Lord's Tower because we talk about it and we know about this for years. But you just came and just began to talk about all these things that we already know, that God has spoken to us about and revealed to us. You know the years we wait for God to reveal this stuff, and you just telling people on the Lord's Tower, this is incredible, brother, brother Elvi. And it, all glory goes to Jesus. All glory goes to the Lord. Not into me, not into me but also the Lord. It is the Lord that has revealed, brothers and sisters. So the children of Amen, the chief of the children of Amen, praise the Lord. 
they have to put it in the mouth, put it together, and, and, and the Lord led them to go there. And, and all, there's a lot of people that already are there. There are people there from the 80s and earlier time, brothers and sisters, set there already by the leading of the Lord. Not because they wanted to be there, by the leading of the Lord. The Lord had led many people there already. Praise the Lord. They know the Antichrist is going to come. They know it's in the word of God, so they know the word of God is going to be fulfilled. So there, a lot of people have already moved there and been there for years, brothers and sisters. And there are more people still moving there, brothers and sisters. But a lot of people that are going there, just to let you know, have been told by the Lord to go there. It is not just that people one day say, well, I have, I have enough money, I can move any, anywhere on the world, I'm going to go. No. The Lord has told them to go. The Lord has provided them to go. The Lord has supplied for them to go. And they have been moving there as the Lord has led them to move there. Thank you, Lord, for that. Verse 42. He shall stretch out for his hand also upon the countries in the land of Egypt shall not escape. Look. God is going to blind him from seeing those three uh, towns and cities, and then he's going to put his eyes to Egypt. Why Egypt? Because there's a lot of gold in Egypt. I, I, some people get surprised when you might talk about this. There are buildings in Egypt, churches, owned by the Catholic Church, and, and, and there are others too, made fully of gold, pure gold, 22 karat gold. Brothers and sisters, and all these spoils and gold and riches of the Ryan Egypt had, had been untouched for hundreds of years. No one had touched this stuff. That's the Catholic Church. Now, all this stuff, at the end time, it's going to be exploded. The riches are going to have to come out of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, you go to Egypt, and there are poor people in Egypt. Sorry to say, there are poor people in Egypt. The, the Egyptians are not living well as they should. And they have trillions of dollars sitting in Egypt, untouched by men, because there are people in power who will not allow anyone to touch them, brothers and sisters. Will not allow anyone to touch the gold, brothers and sisters. I love it because when I read something in the Bible, I research it. I just don't. I was watching a movie. A movie, uh, I, I don't know if I remember the name exactly, but it says something about the, the gold of Egypt, something like that, or the richest gold of Egypt, something like that. And, and I was sitting there watching this movie, and it was, I saw this building pure made of gold out of Egypt, where no camera has been allowed ever in those places. Now they have allowed them to make recording of all the riches they have there. And I was stunned. And then when you read the Bible, Daniel tells you there. Brothers and sisters, let me keep reading. Daniel eleven forty two. Forty three. But he shall have power over the treasure and gold and silver over all the precious things from whom? Read it in your Bible. Egypt, Libyans, and the Ethiopians who are his steps. Brothers and sisters, look up all the all the gold, all the riches of the, the Egypt that I read, that I saw the movie. I couldn't believe my eyes, brothers and sisters. My issue have power over the treasures of gold and silver, and all the precious things of Egypt. Another thing I heard they have in Egypt was diamonds. 
the most abundant monies are diamonds or in Egypt. Bro. I didn't even know this stuff. But also, I believe I read it in Isaiah, and also I think it was Jeremiah, at the, at the treasure they have there, too. It talks about it through the prophets, too, that they have treasure there. It, it must have been that these people read the Bible before they went in, you know, hidden all this stuff. Precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans, Libyans, Libya, and the Ethiopians, Ethiopian is another, is another country outside of it. Uh, my wife and I have studied this in the Bible about the Ethiopians. Praise the Lord. And it goes back to Solomon time. Amen. Uh, Asia, the Libyan, Ethiopian should be on his steps, will be available for him. All the gold, all the treasure will be available for the Antichrist, brothers and sisters, in the last days. He's looking forward to all this stuff, brothers and sisters. There's so much riches there that he's planning to use. They know about this, and they are planning to use it. That's this is the whole deal. They know I can go even deeper into this, but I, I don't, I don't want to go deeper. For example, I've been persecuted too much. The Lord, the Lord took me in the spirit and allowed me to speak with the Antichrist, and he told me, I've been watching you on your computer. Every time you tell people that I'm the Antichrist, I've been watching you and all that. And he's been very angry that I've been telling people he's the Antichrist. And he told me everything you type and you put out on your computer, I know and I see. He told me this, and the Lord wanted me to hear and see this. They are watching me. They have brought the Lord down many times. They have come against my computer many times, brothers and sisters. But the Lord is with me, and I know the Lord will fight for me and all that. But I also have to be careful. I have to be very careful. I'm not afraid of them. Praise the Lord, because I tell them I will rebuke them in the name of the Lord. And they didn't like that. That's, that's the only thing they fear when you rebuke them in the name of the Lord. But please keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer. Keep this ministry in prayer, brothers and sisters. Because I, I do have a lot of enemies that don't want me to keep teaching and preaching about these things because all these things are true, and they're doing all this stuff in secret, and they don't want this stuff to be revealed, brothers and sisters. They don't want none of this information to be revealed. And a lot of people are stunned of all the information we share on the Lord's Tower. I'm going to come back, God willing, tomorrow night and share more. I, I decided that I started last night. If you not heard her last night message, go back and listen to it. And, and uh, we continue tonight, and I'm planning to continue to go to God, tomorrow, God willing. Praise the Lord. I want to continue with this series. Praise the Lord to bring out more information for the people of God to be blessed. Praise the Lord, because I know God is going to bless his people through these messages, because praise the Lord. More people need to hear the latest prophecy, brothers and sisters, from many other prophets. Listen to them, please. Glad to be here again on God's Healer 7. I don't know about you, but it feels like it's been months since I've been on here, when in reality it's only been a couple weeks. Today is Saturday, April 8th, April, is it 8th? I think it's 8th, 2016. We are expecting more snow today in Pennsylvania. I received a text last night from Sister Barbara, quoting her, The horses are coming. You can hear them in the distance. The wind whispers, I am coming. The reason I'm sharing this is this goes perfectly with the word that I received yesterday. Well, before we get to this, 
I would like to do two things. First, I would like to provide an update on Barbara. She continues to progress slowly. She is more alert, has a better appetite, and is walking more. But as many of you know, there is still a long way to go before she returns to where she was before the stroke. I personally feel that by the grace of God, she will be made whole. The second item I want to do with has to do with fundraising. Uh, I made the decision to close the GoFundMe account and Sister Barbara agreed. I am not comfortable with it and had to be coaxed to set it up in the first place. I felt it was a distraction from what our job is. With that said, I want to express thanks once again for everyone that made a donation and for the people that actually coaxed me to do it and for our sister who actually did all the work and deserves all the credit. As the bills continue, we will leave the PayPal account open and the link will be found below the description. But my time of talking about that is over because I'd rather get back to what is important. And that's the purpose of this channel. The word I received yesterday is probably, I think, the strongest word that I've ever received. So with that, let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, verse 6. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So now let's go to the word. Like I said, it's probably one of the strongest words I ever received. Then after I got the word, I call it um, aftershocks, or I was getting add-ons, like this one. The strength for money shall be found in one, and speak my word boldly for time is of the essence. So, here we go. Destiny stands in front of thee. It speaks my will. Shall all not tremble with the sound of my voice? What shall begin with a whisper shall end with a deafening roar. Speak now, son of man. Speak of the end. Speak my will. Reveal my judgment. For many have been found wanting. It is the humble that shall speak to the proud and vain. It is the meek that shall be blessed. All shall be revealed in the light of day. Let the watchman be vigilant, for the time nears when you shall hear one day's wages for a ration of wheat. The sun shall hide its light, and the air shall turn foul on this great and terrible day of the Lord. The pestilence 
of your forefathers shall cause many to weep. These wicked people shall mock you and look to their idols for redemption. Revenge is mine, for I am the purveyor of justice. I shall silence the unbelievers, and all shall bend their knees to the power of the Lord. That gets a double, whoa, whoa. So as Sister Barbara would say, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, and you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I am announcing the coming of the glorious kingdom and his majesty. That prophetic time frame began on September 24th of 2015 and runs April 6th of 2019. Be safe and be vigilant. Shalom. So I had this dream a little while back and I wrote a Facebook status about it but I never made a video and recently it's been coming back in my mind so I guess God wants me to share it. So I was sitting in my living room with my grandmother, who's passed away, and we were just chatting. Um, but then the room started getting really bright, and it started from the lamp, it meaning the light. Um, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was surrounding me and also going through me. The sun shines on you and warms your skin. But this light, which also resembled the sun, but way more magnificent, shined on me and through me, warming my soul. I mean, it just penetrated my soul and gave me the most amazing feeling. Um, the feeling is really hard to describe because it was like every positive feeling I've ever had in my entire life at the same time, at once, just amazing. Um, and I didn't want to leave it. Um, the thought of leaving that light bothered me so badly. I mean, it was just, I couldn't imagine leaving. This light cast out all darkness. Um, no darkness was able to compete with this light. <laughs> While this light was on me, I just knew that it was God because it felt like him. The light literally had a feeling. It had a soul. It had a personality. I could feel all of that at once. And I told a friend of mine about this dream, and he was like, are you sure you didn't die? Because um, his grandfather passed away briefly and came back to life telling the same story about the same light. And he was actually so mad that he was brought back to life, that he cussed out the doctor. And that's not the only story that I've heard about this light. Um, I've watched other videos and have heard people describing the same exact light the same way. Um, and it's just unbelievable. The magnificence. That's what I remember the most. And the love. The love. So brilliant, just so radiant, unstoppable. There's no way 
that a human being in the flesh can experience this without being destroyed. You guys, you have to know, at least consider the fact that you are so loved that you can't imagine it. You cannot imagine it. I'm getting chills just thinking about that light. Okay. Um, I can't go on enough. So before this video ends up being like 20 minutes long, I might just turn it off. But um, I hope you all have a blessed weekend and I love you all very much. Okay. God bless. For today's prophecy update, I need to address a matter that was brought to my attention concerning this arch of the Temple of Baal, which is what we looked at uh, for last week's Bible prophecy update. Uh, here's why. There was an astonishing development just this last week, and it now seems that there's been a backtracking of sorts as it relates to replicas of the arch being placed in both New York and London on April 19th, as was originally reported. What I'd like to do is start from the beginning when this story first broke, and then I want to bring you up to speed on what's happening with this. Uh, it's the likes of which I haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, it's inexplicable. But all of a sudden there was a, a, a decision made. We don't know who or by when, uh, when it was made or even why it was made, but we know that it was made. And so I want to bring you up to speed on what's happening right now. I want to begin with this report from The Guardian. This was back on December 28th of last year. It was titled, Palmyra Arch That Survived ISIS to be Replicated in London and New York. In it, they say that copies of the 15-meter Temple of Baal entrance in Syria will be built in London and New York in a, quote, gesture of defiance. Quoting the article, the construction of the replicas will be the centerpiece of events for World Heritage Week, planned for April, with a theme of replication and reconstruction. It has also been characterized as a gesture of defiance against religious extremists' attempts to, interesting, erase evidence of the Middle East's pre-Islamic history. Interesting. Well, that was The Guardian on the 28th. And they go on to report that this arch would be replicated by the world's largest 3D printer. Have you seen the technology of 3D printing? It is just mind-boggling. Well, pictured here is a 3D rendering from the Institute for Digital Archaeology, or IDA, showing what the arch to the Temple of Baal would look like and where it would be located in London. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of the square in London. I apparently mispronounced it last week, and I must have like pronounced it with the Arabic dialect. Uh, so I was excoriated by uh, many people who assured me that that's not how you pronounce it. This is how you pronounce it. I'm not even going to try, so deal with it. <laughs> 
On the same day, back in December of last year, December 28th, the United Press International News also reported on this, and the headline read, Palmyria, Palmyra, Syria, arch threatened by Islamic State to be recreated in London and New York City. Here's what they had to say. Replicas of an arch in the 2,000-year-old Temple of Baal, among the last remaining parts of an ancient Palmyra Syria structure demolished by the Islamic State, will be erected in London and New York. The temple has been systematically raised with the 50-foot-tall arch among the few remaining elements of the building still standing. The temple dedicated, this is interesting, in the year 32 A.D., think about that year, to the Mesopotamian god Baal, attracted 150,000 tourists per year until 2011, when the civil war in Syria began. Okay, this brings us to just this last week and the controversy that erupted in the blogosphere when conflicting reports emerged that it's not going to be the arch of the Temple of Baal that's going to be replicated in London and New York. Rather, it's going to be the Arch of Triumph instead. And, to make matters worse, it was also reported that it would not be simultaneous in New York and London on April 19th, as earlier reported, and instead would only be in London. Now, as you might imagine, social media lit up with no shortage of anti-Christian antagonists. I got my share of emails uh, after last week's update, and they were all quick with labels such as conspiracy theorists and my personal favorite, Christian extremists. Did you know that you're a Christian extremist? <laughs> you're an extreme. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll wear that label with as a badge of honor. I, I hope I'm a Christian extremist. I want to be all in, wholeheartedly, serving God. If, if, if that's what a Christian extremist is, sign me up. Well, that was just a couple and really everything in between. But here's the problem. This is seen as yet another instance in which students and teachers of Bible prophecy, as if we needed one of these, another one, have once again been duped, to which I would lovingly respond, not so fast. And this Telegraph article from just two days ago on Friday explains why. The title reads, Why the Arch of triumph of Palmyra is being recreated in London 1,800 years after it was built. In it, they say, when the Institute for Digital Archaeology, IDA, revealed last December that it was intending to use its data and expertise to build not one, but two replica 
Palmyra arches to be unveiled simultaneously in London and New York, it generated headlines across the world. Interesting. Since then, there has been some backtracking on the original idea. There will now be no simultaneous unveiling in New York. They may transport the London Arch there later or build another one. And the Palmyra Arch that is being reconstructed is no longer to the entrance of the Temple of Baal, which survived an attempt to blow it up in August of 2015, but instead the Arch of Triumph partially destroyed in October. Oh, now you tell us. <laughs> this brings up several questions, chief of which is why? Why did they change their minds and why did they decide on the Arch of Triumph instead of the Arch of the Temple of Baal? And Another question is, when did they make this decision? I, I did a lot of research on this. I spent a significant amount of time on this yesterday. And I came up empty-handed. There's almost a, uh, a, a conspicuous silence as it relates to this arch of the Temple of Baal and why the sudden change and who, who, who made the decision to change it from the Arch of the Temple of Baal to the Arch of Triumph. We're probably never going to know why they did this or who decided this or even when they decided this, but here's what we do know. As of December of last year, it was the Arch of the temple of Baal. Here's where I'm going with this. I believe by virtue of the fact Baal was the original plan, that in and of itself is enough. And I'll explain what I mean. Regardless of the decision to replicate the arch of triumph instead, it's enough that it was to be Baal in the first place. In other words, just the fact that they would even plan to do something like this is evidence that the proverbial handwriting is on the wall. Just August of last year, you remember, pictured here, the stunning display of the Hindu goddess Kali. It lit up the Empire State Building. We talked about this in a prophecy update at the time. And uh, very interesting, this goddess is the goddess of destruction. I find that rather telling. What are we doing lighting up the Empire State Building with a false god and a goddess of destruction, no less. Here's the point. America, long ago, replaced the only true and living God 
with these demonic false gods. I know some of you are thinking, oh boy, Pastor, here you go again. Here's the fact of the matter. America will continue to be given over to these demonic false gods regardless of this year's presidential election outcome. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Regardless of what happens in November with this year's presidential election, America will continue to go down this road of forsaking the true and living God and replacing the true and living God with false gods. What are you saying, Pastor, that you've totally given up hope on America? Not exactly. There's always hope. I mean, two words could change everything. But God. But God could bring an awakening and... Certainly we hope he does, but there is a but. When I read my Bible, I do not see the once most powerful nation on earth, the once most blessed nation on the face of the earth in Bible prophecy. So it would stand to reason that something must happen to the United States of America to explain her absence from Bible prophecy. And that's how I get there. I cannot see an America in Bible prophecy which tells me that something must happen to America. Namely, the demise, sadly, the destruction, destruction, destruction of America from without and perhaps as well from within. And here's why, on two fronts. Number one, we have forsaken the true and living God and we have forsaken Israel. We have forsaken Israel. You cannot rip Genesis 12, 2 and 3 out of your Bibles. You cannot black it out. If you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse Israel, you'll be cursed. What happens when a nation turns their back on God? What happens when a nation wants nothing to do with God and, worse yet, is given over to false gods? More specifically... Hear me out. The gods of Syria. One of the things I can't get over is that they want to bring relics. They want to replicate arches that represented the entrance, entrance into temples where they did the most abominable of things. Unspeakable evil in their worship of these false, demonic, demonic gods. 
And we want to bring the gods of Syria, the Baal gods, we want to bring them here to America. We need to look no further than the book, book of Judges, chapter 10. Will you uh, just indulge me as I read verses 6 through 16? Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. Listen. The gods of Syria. Syria. The gods of Sidon. The gods of Moab. The gods of the people of Ammon. The gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve Him. So, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. And by the way, in our Thursday night study through the Old Testament, you know exactly who he's talking about here. Moreover, verse 9 the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah, also against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. So the Lord, verse 11, said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines? Also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites who oppressed you? And you cried out to me and I delivered you from their hand? Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. And the children of Israel, verse 15, said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So, thank God for verse 16. They put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Would to God that a verse 16 could be written about the United States of America. So it could be said of this once most blessed and greatest nation on earth, so America put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And God could no longer endure the misery 
of America. One of the most terrifying scriptures in all the pages of Holy Writ is Jeremiah 7.16. We're told that God actually says to Jeremiah, Stop praying. Stop praying. Stop praying for Israel. I'm not going to hear your prayers. Therefore, he says, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that we should not pray for America? I think I've shared very candidly, very openly, that this personally for me is something for which I am very conflicted. And I say that because I just don't see America being great again. And even if hypothetically, theoretically, America was great again, then that means that maybe Jesus is not coming back as soon as I had hoped. Because if America is still great, that means America is still a player on the geopolitical stage. And that's not compatible with what I read in my Bible about what the world's going to be like in the last days prior to the rapture of the church. Ray Stedman of this verse wrote, Imagine that. God commanded that the prophet should cease praying for the people of Judah, that he was not to ask God for their deliverance any longer, not to cry out to God for them, to fast, pray, nor in any way to intercede on behalf of these people. God says, don't pray. <laughs> Most of us think of prayer as something to do when everything else fails and surely the last thing God would ever command is that we stop praying there does come a time when God says stop praying I will not hear it's interesting in verse 27 of that same chapter what God goes on to tell Jeremiah. He tells him, in addition to not praying, that he's to keep preaching. He says, therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Now, Jeremiah was amazing to me. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. 
Think about Jeremiah. He's referred to as the weeping prophet, not one convert. In his ministry, he didn't have one salvation. If you were to have a conference and invite speakers from the Old Testament, you would not have Jeremiah come to your conference to speak. Uh, You might want to have Jonah. He had a whole nation repent. (laughs) He didn't want them to. (laughs) He didn't even preach the gospel. He just said, you're going to burn in 40 days and I can't wait. I'm going to go up here and watch. I can't wait till God just torches you. Even got mad at God when they repented. Don't be too hard on Jonah. It would be the equivalent of the Islamic State repenting. That would be a comparison to put it into perspective. Let me just say that I'm going to keep preaching and I am going to keep praying. I'm just going to keep praying for this nation. But I really believe that the last nail has already been put in the coffin of America. And it means that the Lord's return is at the door. I'll bring it to a close by just simply saying that and I've said this many times before, maybe you tire of me saying it, but the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ is imminent. It's imminent. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I implore you to do so today. Do not put it off any longer. Today is the day of salvation. And it's actually very simple. And if you'll just hear me out, I want to give you a simple explanation of how to be saved. How to be saved. First, first and foremost, you absolutely must acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you're in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and in this way, Death came to all men because all sinned. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But, here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing that you have to do. You don't clean up your act before you come to Christ. That would be as ludicrous as taking a bath before you go to take a shower. You come just as you are. You're a sinner. And you come to the Savior. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Three words. Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God, oh, here it is, raised Him from the dead. That's the resurrection. That's the all-important resurrection from the dead. If you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10.13, the best of all. All, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might, not could, not should, not will see, (laughs) will be saved. Please stand. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I'm just going to have you, as we close in prayer, Repeat after me. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I know I've fallen short of your righteousness. And today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I want to be saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we'd really like to know about it. And so, would you afterwards either find me or find someone and tell them about it? We just want to rejoice with you and welcome you to the family of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christ-centered week. And if we don't see you here on Thursday for our midweek, uh, we'll see you next Sunday, Lord willing. God bless. Hey, YouTube. It's Penny. I'm recording this video on April 8th, 2016, and uh, we'll try to get it up this weekend after David has a chance to review it. Um, So we are currently counting the Omer between Passover and Shavuot, and I know a lot of you haven't even celebrated Passover yet. Um, We're currently doing a a spring feast sale uh, at Sefer Publishing Group for those of you who are interested, and, um, you know, so we're getting questions, again, like we get on a regular basis about how do you determine the first of a and all of that. Um, 
So I've been asked in the past many times to do a video on the calendar, and the answer has always been no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, not only because it's a controversial issue, but up until recently, it's kind of been clear as mud to me. Um, and But recently, I watched uh, a series that 119 Ministries produced quite a while back, and I finally got around to watching it. Um, and it, there's five parts, but I'm going to put um, parts one, two, and three in the description box. And then if you want to take a look at some of their other teachings, um, I would encourage you to do that. So while I don't agree with 100% of, of everything that they say, um, they do a really good job explaining um, how uh, heaven and earth will always agree. And um, so without me going into, you know, trying to explain uh, why we why we already celebrated Passover, um, I'm going to let them do that for those of you who are interested. So, um, so yeah, so we're having a sale right now uh, for the Spring Feast. And because people celebrate on different calendars, we're extending it all the way through April 30th. Um, and just by way of an update, we've been working for a couple of years on um, putting together a lexicon, which is basically going to be um, like a dictionary concordance kind of a thing that has all the transliterated words in the sphere. Um, and we're going to sell that for $22. Um, 22 is this amazing number, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet um, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, in scripture about the number 22. And so the lexicon is going to be $22. Um, we are also getting ready to release um, soon, hopefully by Shavuot, the Sefer app for mobile devices. So you'll be able to have your Sefer on the go. Um, and that's going to sell for $22, which is really expensive for an app. We understand that. But if you had any idea how much it's costing us to develop this app, you'd understand why we have to charge $22 for it. But it's going to include the lexicon. So, and it's a great search feature, and you'll be able to take notes and highlight, and, um, you know, it'll have the daily prayers. And anyway, it's going to be a fabulous app. We're really looking forward to the release of that. So, um, anyway, so I would encourage you, if you're interested, you can send um, us your email address if you want to get on our newsletter list, and we're going to announce it once um, it's available that way. But something else we recently re released is... Um, uh, Dr. Stephen Pigeon, you know, who's the president of Sphere Publishing Group and is also the leader of our um, home fellowship, he recently um, produced a, a music CD of the music that we listen to in, um, or that we, you know, sing and stuff in our fellowship. And um, I took the liberty of um, recording myself singing the, like, the female response part to one of the songs, and uh, it's an unlisted video. Um, it's on the Sefer website. I'm going to link to that if you're interested um, in listening to that, um, getting an idea of the, the music that we listen to and purchasing the city if, if you're interested. So, um, okay. The, fi uh, the final thing I wanted to tell you, um, in case I forget to mention it later, um, before I start sharing a couple dreams and visions, is if you're not um, already keeping up with Erin Aleshire's dreams and visions, um, She's on sparrowsbarn.com, uh, and I'll put a link to her most recent dream, which um, her dreams are amazing, but the father is being very specific with her, um, especially recently, uh, about what's coming to um, America. So especially if you live in America, you might want to check that out. I strongly recommend her. And especially, you know, there are still people who are um, 
uploading dreams and visions quite regularly. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I just, I haven't had time. So, um, but I really, really appreciate um, that the Father has put her in a unique position to be able to have the time to to share with all of us what the Father is showing her. So, I've recommended her in the past, and I continue to recommend her. Okay, so now, uh, I'm going to share a couple of things with you going back uh, over a year ago. So beginning with March 12th, 2015, um, I wrote down two things in the middle of the night. One was red and white checked apron. And the second thing was a tree crashing to the ground being cut down. So, uh, and I didn't even remember when I woke up, like, why I wrote that down. But I did have a, a subsequent dream that night where um, I dreamt that the former head of maintenance and security at the mega church that David and I used to attend fell down. So this man, he fell down seven flights of stairs. So I know that the seven is significant. I'm not sure what it means. Um, anyway, he was badly injured. So what's interesting to me is that because I had written down tree crashing to the ground, being cut down, well, when a tree is cut down, it's called felling, right? And then I wrote down that this guy fell down. Um, and the red and white checked apron immediately made me think of those um, head scarves that um, men in the Middle East wear. And since, the, since, um, since Jordan is the head of maintenance and security for the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, I think that these two dreams may be pointing to King Abdallah II of Jordan. A few months after receiving these dreams, I read Joel Rosenberg's book called The Third Target and about fell over when I discovered that his book is actually about a plan to assassinate the King of Jordan. Um, so while Joel's novels are fiction, they've actually turned out to be quite prophetic in nature in the past. So um, the father might be showing us something here about King Abdullah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to include this one. Just I don't know what it means, but it kind of... Um, just because, so on June 11th of 2015, upon waking, I heard a man's voice saying, I heard someone say the IRS is on fire. I wrote it down. Well, on April 4th, the, the IRS was actually, the building was on fire. So I don't know what he would possibly be pointing to or if he's just like letting, confirming to me, yeah, I'm going to show you some things in advance of when they happen. Sorry about my phone. I should have turned it off before I started to record. Uh, okay, so... Um, on September 28th of 2015, I dreamt that I was given the opportunity to hold a baby boy, like it was my turn. And I wanted some alone time with him, but his caretakers were watching me very closely from the other room, like through the open door, and I wanted to close the door. And anyway, um, I understood that this baby would one day be king, and it was their job to protect him. Upon waking, I realized that it was the first day of the Feast of Sukkot, or Tabernacles. So I believe that this is yet another confirmation that Yahusha, the royal baby who would grow up to be king, was indeed born on Sukkot. Um, when we were in Israel back in 2012, I heard Christmas carols all night long and was like, why are you showing me Christmas carols, you know, the fall? And the father was saying, because this is the birth of the Messiah, um, Sukkot. And it makes perfect sense if you think about the fact that um, the eighth day of Sukkot is called the, you know, the great day, and that's the day that he was presented in the temple 
to be circumcised. So anyway, uh, on October 4th, 2015, um, I couldn't remember the specifics of this vision upon waking, but I had written down pieces of God's clock, timepiece, only given to the humble. So somehow during the night that he had shown that to me. Um, so I believe, you know, this is pointing to the fact that Yah is not going to give any one person all of the pieces um, and that he is um, he's not going to give it to anyone who thinks that they have all the answers as far as the timing of his return. And there are a lot of people um, on the Internet and selling books and whatever who, you know, have laid out their understanding of the um, the whole, you know, time frame based on their understanding and you know all I would say is that uh, nobody has all the answers <laughs> so we need to discern um, and and anyway he's eventually I think going to make it all clear to us but it's probably going to be in hindsight <laughs> we'll be like oh now that makes sense but okay on January 15th of 2016 I dreamt that um, as I walked past our back door and looked through the cut glass window, um, I saw this red, pink, glowing sky, which was not normal. And so I went outside to look and um, back over in the distance by the mountains, I saw a cluster of six to seven uh, lights in the sky. And I knew that they were the Nibiru system. I texted my sister to see if they were saying anything about it on television or Facebook since I don't have access to either one of those. Um, and uh, I woke up. So um, this is not the first time that I've been shown uh, something about this incoming system, whatever it is, um, Planet X, Planet 9, whatever, whatever they're calling it. Um, but on, on March 10th, Steve Olson on his YouTube channel, showed um, a picture of uh, this foreign currency. I can't remember if it was Franks or what, but um, he showed it in his video. And I'd actually seen this before, a um, long time ago, when it first uh, this currency was first released. And this time it, it really caught my eye because it actually looked very similar to what I saw in the dream on January 15th. So um, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to try to zoom in on this so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And I'll put a link in the description box to Steve Olson's channel um, if you haven't seen him. He's doing a, he's a, you know, amateur astronomer, you know, sky watcher guy who um, has been doing a great job of um, compiling video and photographic evidence of this incoming system. Okay, on February 14th, I dreamt um, about a wall of fire, like a, a firestorm, and it was fast approaching. Um, and as it was coming towards us, um, everyone was like running past me away from the fire. But I ran straight up to it and I put my hands up in the air and I felt the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, come down from heaven like a mighty wind and go through me. And as I opened my mouth, it blew the fire out. And it was as easy as blowing out a candle. And I, it, the interesting thing is, as I was running towards the fire, I actually knew that this would happen. It was like I was one with the Father and had complete faith that he was going to pour out his spirit on me and through me um, to ex extinguish this fire. It was an amazing, amazing dream. Um, on March 2nd of 2016, I dreamt that David and I and a third person, I'm not sure, we were in the backseat um, of this car that Jessica Beale was driving. 
and she was she was being very reckless and endangering our lives. And at one point, she was darting across several lanes of traffic, and I thought, oh, we're going to be killed, right? So I'm crying out to the father in the dream, you know, to help. And um, after we, she finally pulled over, I asked her, did you cry out to y'all for help, um, you know, during the midst of all of this? We were nearly killed. And she said, no. And I said, well, that means that you're not saved. <laughs> Because if you were, if you truly belonged to the Father, if you were one with him, you would talk to him all the time. And most certainly when you're in a near-death kind of a situation. Well, I believe that um, the reason that the Father showed me Jessica Beale was because she starred in a long-running TV series called Seventh Heaven. Um, and uh, we used to watch that with their kids when they were growing up. So on April 6th of 2016, just a few days ago, I actually had part two of this dream. So Yahuwah showed me in this dream, Jessica Beale was in the hospital and she had just suffered a, a miscarriage and was absolutely despondent. And I was um, there, I was comforting her. Um, she was she was out of it, like unconscious even. I, I'm not sure. Drugged. I don't know if she, but she was completely out of it. And she slept for three days. And I know that's significant. Um, and I stayed by her side the whole time until she finally came to. And once she was awake, uh, I asked her, are you ready to get out of here now? <laughs> and she said, yes. Um, so as we were leaving the room, uh, I noticed two things. One, I remember saying to her, well, at least they gave you a view a room with a view of the mountains, which I believe is about that scripture that says, you know, I look to the hills where my help comes from. Um, and the other thing that I remember is that I looked down and I saw um, what what I understood was my dinner tray from when I had first gotten there three days earlier, but I hadn't touched any of the food on it, um, even though it, it looked really amazing. It was all Mediterranean, like the food that we ate when we were in Israel. And I realized at that point that I was famished. And so as we were leaving the room, I grabbed um, some green olives off the, the tray and popped them in my mouth. So I, I'm sure this is significant as well, um, but I, I'm not exactly sure that I have understanding, so I'm not going to speculate. Um, anyway, as we're leaving uh, the hospital, and she's still in her you know hospital gown and everything, the man at the reception desk told us that we couldn't leave. And I said, oh, yes, we can. <laughs> So he agreed to go ahead and process the release papers. Well, I believe that Jennifer Beale in these dreams represents people who act like Christians because she she acted, she was played the part of a Christian all those years in Seventh Heaven. Um, but in reality, these people, they don't really know him. They don't know the Father. They don't have a personal relationship with him. They don't talk to him um, anyway. And they're leading reckless lives, like how she was you know, driving this car in such a reckless manner. I really felt like the second dream was um, showing how the bride is going to provide comfort to people in the future who are going to lose hope after suffering a great loss. Um, and that's, I think, what the, the miscarriage represents. Um, we will have tremendous compassion and act selflessly, um, like as demonstrated by the fact that I was there by her bedside for three days. Um, we will speak with great authority, like it did to the man who said that we were going to leave. Um, and the interesting thing was I almost felt like I was helping her escape um, from the hospital. So 
uh, I'm not sure what that means exactly, but um, maybe some of you can help with that um, if you want to submit a comment. So the final dream I want to share with you, um, I received on September 27th of 2015. In the dream, I saw a senior military officer who looked like this. So I understood that even though he was still wearing his military uniform, he no longer worked for the government. It was dark outside and he was giving a briefing to a group of civilians who were gathered around a campfire. He was reading from a piece of paper that contained a litany of what's coming, disasters, calamity, what we would call tribulation. It was like a military briefing and I heard him say, these things are well ahead of Kome 2. That's how I saw it. That's how I heard it, and I knew that it was code for a military operation. So you know how, you know, Operation Desert Storm or Desert Shield or Jade Helm or whatever. Um, so I knew Kome 2 was referring to the second coming. And um, so this dream was pointing to the fact that the return of our Lord, you know, who came as that that baby that was going to grow up to be king, well, he's coming back as the warrior king, right? And when he comes to planet Earth, it's a military operation. So this, uh, I mean, the good news is we've read the, the book and we know how it ends, right? We know that he's going to slay his enemies with the breath of his mouth. Praise Yah. But we need to prepare our hearts and our minds for the fact that there's a whole litany of disasters, calamities, great tribulation that are coming before the second coming of Yahusha HaMashiach, Jesus Christ to Earth. So, this is war. Do you have your armor on? If you don't, he's been warning and warning and warning through his prophets, through dreams and visions and words um, for years now. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do this, but it just occurred to me. Um, he, gave me he gave me a word recently, and I'm going to go ahead and bring that to you. Let me find it. Yeah, the Ruach just reminded me of this. And, um... I think it's because I need to end this video with um, giving you some hope. <laughs> so, okay. On February 11th of 2016, I, I woke to the words, I need to scribe a letter. And I knew that the Father was saying, I want to give you a word. So I'm going to put up scripture on the screen um, to go with this. But uh, here's what he said to me. My beauty, my bride, times are coming upon you now that will melt the hearts of men. Many will be shaken to the core, but do not be afraid, for I am with you. All will be revealed when my Father wills. Until then, you must trust in me to guide you on the path of righteousness. Call upon me as the days grow dark, and I will answer you. There will be many who do not listen to my voice. Tune your ear to receive my instructions. Guidance awaits the faithful. Never doubt my love for you. I will prove myself faithful in the storm. Hang on to me, for I have promised to deliver those who call upon my name. Lo, I am with you always, my beloved. Um, at that point in the the word, I received a like a, a flash vision from the vantage point of being up in a tree, and I was looking down on this beautiful garden next to a river, and there was a small table that was set um, up next to the water, and I saw a couple from the back, um, engaged in intimate conversation. And the man was wooing the woman, sharing his heart and his private thoughts with her. Okay, so at that point he said, you will sup with me in my garden. 
There I will reveal the mysteries. Many have longed to see into this time in history. You are most favored among men to be called and chosen for such a time as this. Forever we will be together in my father's house, but for now we will meet in the garden. Come to me in the quiet hours, in the quietness of your heart. Still your mind before me and your enemies will flee. I desire to sup with a pure bride who knows her place in my kingdom. Cleanse yourself of all filthiness so that you will be without spot or wrinkle when I come. Lean upon me for I long to comfort you. My everlasting arms will hold you tight. Remember my love for you. Hold on to my promises. They are written in my word, my love letter to you. You and I are one as I and the Father are one. We are part of one another and nothing can separate us. No power or principality, no evil scheme of the enemy will ever separate you from my love. I will protect what is mine. Of that you can be sure. Death holds no power over the ones called by my name. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam. Blessed are you, our Lord God, King of the universe. Amen. Hello everyone. I had a dream a couple of nights ago and in this dream I I simply heard the barley is in the husk. And um I woke up and I didn't know um at all what that meant because I didn't know anything about barley really and I I didn't even know that barley had a husk and um so I just was so interested though in what it may mean that I got up right then, and um, I got on the computer, and I began looking up things about barley, and so I found out that it it does have a husk, and um, I found out that um, when the barley is in the husk, um, that means that it's mature, and it's ready for harvesting, because I said at harvest, that um, that's when the husk is removed and then the edible part is left. The edible part is inside the husk. So um, it has to be harvested before um, the husk is removed. And um, so like in uh, biblical times, they used a process called winnowing. And... um, I really am not sure. I, I read how that happens, but I don't remember exactly. I mean, in modern times today, they use uh, machines to do it. But uh, during that time, they use like a winnowing fork and um, to beat the um, husk off of the, the grain. And so the husk is something that um, only animals can eat. eat. Humans can't. And so the husk is um, either made into um, animal feed or it's just thrown away because humans can't consume it. And um, so um, I remembered um, in the Bible it talks about um, that in the last days that the Lord would separate the wheat from the chaff. And the chaff is another word for husk. And so I researched um, and some commentary about that Bible verse, and and I mean, there's more than one, but I researched that, and it said that um, the winnowing fork is symbolic of the judgment of God, and um, 
because when he separates the wheat from the chaff or the wheat from the husk, um, the husk is um, the lost people, those who have rejected Jesus Christ as a personal Savior who won't be saved. And so if a person will not be saved, then um, Jesus can't save them if they are not willing to be saved. And you may say, well, what are we being saved from? Well, you're being saved. We are being saved from Satan and from hell because um, it's heaven or hell. It's nothing in between. There's no, no such thing as purgatory. It's just at the moment of death or, yeah, at the moment of death, um, a person goes to heaven or hell, the soul. The soul inside us is what lives forever. And so we go to one place or the other. And um, we have to make preparation while we're alive because there's after death, there's no hope. There's only hope while we, ha we are living. And so the Lord was clearly telling me that um, the harvest is near. And, um, you know, once again, as he's been telling me and many others, that um, his return is close. So when he said the barley is in the husk, and after I did research, I realized that he's telling me that um, the barley is going to be harvested soon. And the barley, and you know how the Lord speaks all throughout the Bible in parables, and he uses metaphors and similes and um, just figurative language. He rarely comes just right out and says something, and I believe it's because he wants us to get into his word more, into the Bible, and um, study to see what he's, he's saying. And um, it says that, um, you know, the Lord in the last days will separate the wheat from the chaff, and they will gather the wheat into his barn. And the barn is a metaphor for heaven. And he said, and the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire, and the unquenchable fire is hell. Hell's fires will never be quenched. So, um, why does the Lord warn us? Well, it's his character. His character is to warn. Because he is a God of love. He is love. And he's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. And he is so merciful. He just keeps sending out warnings. But the warnings will eventually stop. And there won't be any more warnings one day soon. And so you may say, um, well, I can't give up my sin. I can't give up drinking or I can't give up, you know, whatever your sin is. You know, you may be thinking, I can't give it up. That's right. You cannot give it up. But when you come to Jesus, just as you are, he will take those wrong desires away from you. He t when we become born again, he changes us. The Bible says, behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. And that's a clear sign that we were truly born again. As there was a, a a really true change in us, we we were different. We just like one day we wanted to do all these things that we shouldn't do, and when we accepted Christ as our Savior, it's like I don't want to do those things anymore. I don't even have the desire to do those things. Especially after you immediately get say like a while after that, but then of course you know our enemy Satan comes around and starts tempting us and trying to get us back into that. But now when we're born again and saved, we have dominion over sin and and um, we can say no. We can run from it. But the devil is tricky. He's been around about, you know, like since God created him. And um, he's he knows all the tricks in the book to get us to slip up. But uh, come just as you are. We have no power in and of ourselves, but 
Jesus Christ has power to save us and to transform us and to make us a new creation. So come to him. If you do not know him, um, you know, we have to believe what the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus came to earth. Um, God the Father supernaturally placed Jesus in Mary's womb. He can do anything. He, he's the creator of all things. And Jesus came specifically to be born to take the punishment for our sins. Because God, I mean, he's a He's a righteous judge and there had to be punishment. Someone had to take punishment or we'd go to hell. And Jesus willingly, because of his love for humanity, he came and took the punishment for our sins, our filthy sins, on the cross of Calvary. He died for you. He died for me. He died for every person that has ever lived or that ever will live. And then he didn't stay dead. On the third day, he rose again. His Father God raised him from the dead. And he's alive forevermore. And the Bible says he's always making intercession for his people. And that means he's talking to the Father for us. And um, so you could say something like this. You could say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. And I know that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. And I know that I need a Savior. And I want you to save me. I can't change. I can't give this up. I can't give that up. But I know that you can change me. And you can take these wrong desires away from me and replace them with the desires you want me to have. You can help me to be holy and to pure, be pure. Please save my soul. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to serve you all the days of my life. I want to follow you. I reject Satan and everything he has to offer me. And I give my life to you, Christ. Use me according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I can never forget when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I was nine years old and... um I hadn't really done very much sinning, but everybody has to be saved, and that's when the Holy Spirit dealt with me and drew me to saving grace, and I'm so glad that he did, and, and I, so I'm so thankful that I was saved at a young age because I've served Jesus, and when I say serve him, I mean I've been his child and um, tried to do the things that he's called me to, and I've never been perfect. I've, I've made mistakes in my life, but God has forgiven me, and he's never left me and never forsaken me and he never will um we're saved by grace through faith the bible says but not of ourselves it is a gift of god the gift of god and not of works so no one can boast all we can boast in is christ christ keeps us um now every day i pray and ask the lord forgive me um because at some point in the day i'm going to do something like i don't know just you know the bible says anything that's not a faith is sin so, Jesus keeps me saved. I can't keep myself saved. I mean, you know, and I can never be lost again. If a person is truly born again, they can never be lost again. I mean, we don't serve a God like that. We serve, Jesus said, you know, you ha whosoever calls with the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says you, he, that we have eternal life. We have eternal life. What does eternal mean? Eternal means forever. Eternal means forever. The Bible says, he who has the Son has life. Has. Present tense. Has eternal life right now. And, um, you know, um, the people who believe that you can be lost again. Um, those people that turn away from the Lord, they were never saved to begin with. Because 
when a person is truly saved, you don't want to turn away from the Lord. You don't want to go back and live the way you used to live. You have new desires. Um, and the majority of people who say they're Christian, sadly enough, are not really born again. They made a false profession of faith. They're not saved. The Bible says if we practice a lifestyle sin, we're not saved. But he said that, you know, if we're saved, then we we um, follow the Lord and we try to do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And do we fail sometimes? Yes. But God always picks us up and forgives us. And we're His forevermore. And so, you know, that gives me peace. I can lie down at night and have peace knowing that if I die in my sleep, even though I'm not perfect because the only perfect person is Jesus, he's the only one that's ever been perfect, I can die in my sleep and know that I'll wake up in heaven and there's no chance of me ever ending up in hell. I mean, what kind of torment would that be to think that, oh, after all, you know, all said and done, I could end up in hell. That's no peace there. There's no peace in that doctrine. Jesus said, he who has the Son has life. Present tense, right now, has eternal life, right now. So if you've truly, but that's the thing. Jesus said, examine yourself and make sure that you be of the faith. Make sure. Make certain. Don't take any chances. The barley is in the husk. Jesus is saying the harvest is near. And remember I told you in 2012, first and only time I ever heard God speak in an audible voice, he said, I'm coming in the month of harvest. Whatever that month is, I believe that it's very near and very close. God always warns before he sends out judgment, as I said earlier, because of his character. Just like in the um, in Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent angels to warn them to get out of the city because God was going to destroy it with hellfire and brimstone. And then he sent Jonah to warn Nineveh. And um, all throughout the Bible, he sent warnings before judgment came. He's sending warnings. He's been giving me warnings since the end of 2011, and um, that does seem like a long time. I, when he first started giving me those warnings, I thought that that meant he was coming like just, you know, any like right then, like probably in a few weeks or months or something. But see, he's long-suffering and patient, but um, it's going to happen really, really soon, really soon. I can just even just sense it, and I know I've heard many of you saying you can too. We know, we know that it's that time. We don't know exactly when, but we know it's that time. So get ready. Jesus is coming. The barley is in the husk, and the husk is about to be removed, and the husk is the lost. And they'll be cast into the tribulation period. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. God bless all of you, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Haven, and I've got a critical report to share with you today, specifically in regards to the United Nations or a New World Order Agency and two resolutions that you absolutely must hear. Now, the first resolution, 69202, uh, is intriguing because it parades and promotes the idea of a global human order. 
sounds creepy, but it is 100% a fact. And in this document, they push a lot of socialism tendencies. Not only that, but you almost feel as if you're a herd of cattle and you're being herded one way or the other. Uh, it's just a creepy term. Human global order or global human order. Creepy. Uh, I'm going to show you it straight from the demon's mouth. Uh, in addition to that one, there's also House Resolution 69-292, in which they also parade the idea of seizing control over our oceans. That is ultimate control, and I believe they want about two-thirds, or that's what they're seeking with, this, with a treaty, um, but that is the ultimate goal of this resolution. Uh, some major plays here. I mean, I think what you're seeing in these two resolutions is the United Nations claiming themselves head of the world. And that's kind of what's already happening. When we say new world order, it's eventually going to be led by a group of people, which it already is. We're already seeing that. And eventually by the Antichrist. We know biblically speaking, an Antichrist will rise from among them, and there will be ten, and he will rise from among the ten, uh, take out three. But all that is in the book of Revelations. Interesting uh, book if you have not read it. But definitely something we're seeing at play here, the United Nations gathering the ultimate control. But I think the best thing to do is let's get into those two resolutions so you can see it for yourself. All right, so there's the link up there, uh, unitednations.org. Now you can go directly to their website and pull this bad boy off of there. Uh, they've got tons of resolutions you can check out, but this one is resolution 69202, and I will leave a link below as always. And this is the date. It was recently or put out early last year, so about a year ago, January 30th of 2015, and it was part of the 69th session, but it states, resolution adopted by the General Assembly on 18th of December 2014, the role of the United Nations in promoting a new global human order, human order, I just get the creeps. Uh, I really do when I think about that because it's, it's the ultimate control of humanity. That's what this is. Let's see how we can form an order of humans um, in order to get them to believe one way, in order to get them down one path, in order to manipulate the brain to go one direction. That is what this is. And what is that direction? Well, as always, into a new world order. But in this case, they have to get to socialism First, socialism eventually leads to communism. All the time in history, that is what happened. What is communism? Communism is when government controls it all. That's what it is. So here we have socialism ideas being promoted. Here is one area. And the United Nations is all a, a socialist kind of thing, I think, eventually uh, communistic. But we know one day, uh, according to the biblical belief, my belief as a Christian, we have an Antichrist who will rise among them. And the United Nations is, is parading themselves as dictators of the world. That's what you're seeing. When they're giving themselves the title like, let's make a human, global human order, that's what they're doing. When they're saying, let's have controls of two-thirds of the ocean, that is what they're doing. When they have uh, places in each and every single state here in America, they have departments and agencies of UN in your state, that is what they're doing. And not just in America, it's in Europe and everywhere else. But here's the first um, one I want to show you. Deeply concerned about persistent and considerable disparities between the rich and the poor. 
They're worried about the differences between rich people and poor people. What? Both within countries and among countries. Why? Uh, among countries because they want to take the wealth from the richer countries and give it to the poorer countries. That is socialism in a nutshell. Communism will take it all over. Um, it goes on to say, whoops, sorry, both within and among countries are about the adverse implications of these disparities for the promotion of human well-being and development throughout the world. So they're doing this all under the banner of human benefits, so they say. Uh, as with most things, there's always good stuff in with the dirt. That is the case here. Moving on, and you guys can come back and read all of this, but I've read it all and I'm just kind of highlighting um, a few points here. Here is another one. Recognizing the need to strengthen national capacities for robust data collection and effective data utilization in support of policy, in support of policy formulation, implementation, and monitoring. In other words, let's gather data for our benefit at the UN. So not only are they gathering data here in America, the elite, the government, but let's gather data on people at the United Nations level so we can implement our policies. Huh. It sounds like they have some kind of control over the country. Obviously, uh, we've allowed them that, unfortunately. All right, scrolling down a little bit to number nine here. They stress the critical need for the expansion of and access to education and training and encourages programs to promote universal access to secondary education, that would be your colleges, and to expand access to quality higher education, which is relevant to the needs of the labor market in accordance with each country's specific realities and developmental development challenges. Well, let's give college free for all. We're talking Bernie Sanders here. You know, who somebody's going to pay for that college. That's going to be you and I. It's going to come out in our taxes. That's the way it works. Um, but never. Is that ever a good thing when government runs anything? Think of the DMV. It's really crap. You go there. Anytime that you have to get any kind of document from the government, it takes weeks. It takes could take months. Um, if you've ever gone through the adoption process like I have, you know how the government works. Uh, you know, fingerprint, background check, this check, this check, this check, and it's, it's no walk in the park. Okay, we're talking, you know, similar things with our education here. That's socialized tendencies, again, everything run by the government, we're drawing a thin line with communism. But not only do they want to do it that, they also want to do it with the health care. They invite member states to adopt a multi-sectoral approach and to work on determinants of health within sectors, including uh, health care, all policies approach, while taking into consideration the social, economic, and econ economical deterrence of health Yada, yada, yada. Um, basically, control of healthcare uh, is something that they're parading in the idea of a global human order. Let's have a global human order. Let's control the healthcare. Let's control the schools. Let's control the colleges. Let's control it all, their data. And we can have one big, happy, controllable family. I know this is not. Uh, anything that represents a free America in any of our books. We have the freedom to do things, but 
There's kind of it in a nutshell. That's a very short document. If you want to come and read it, I highly, highly recommend it. But promoting a global human order. Um, the next one here, I want to show you a quick link from foxnews.com up here. And it's the UN starts toward new control over the world's ocean. This was just put out April 8th, 2016. And they got this from the second house or the second resolution. It's not a house resolution, but the second resolution. Uh, and let me just go directly to the source because I want to show it to you. All right. Here is that resolution. Here's the link right there. And this is the resolution adopted June 2015. And it states it's 69 backslash 292. And it's development of an internationally legally binding instrument under the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea on the conservation and sustainable use of marine biology, diversity of areas beyond natural jurisdiction. In a nutshell, what this entire document entails is they want to take a huge chunk of our oceans and make it a, a biological diversity area, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 kind of type stuff, and say these are no-go zones, you can't go in, this is our area, and we are protecting it. Uh, that is kind of the idea outside of national jurisdiction uh, areas. But he, let's just start here. Stressing the need for the comprehensive global regime to better address the conservation and sustainable <coughs> agenda, agenda 21, use of marine biological diversity of areas beyond national jurisdiction, and having considered the feasibility of developing an international instrument under the convention. It goes on, it decides to develop an international legally binding instrument under the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea on the conservation and sustainable use of marine biological diversity of areas beyond natural jurisdiction and to that end. Now the rest of it just gets into ways that um, they can prepare for that, they can have a committees, they can establish things and yada, 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 but it's only three pages if you guys want to check it out, but that is their resolution to control the oceans. So there you have it. The United Nations wants ultimate control. Why? Because they are pushing towards the end of a new world order. We know, biblically speaking, that in the Bible it talks about the Antichrist will rule over every tribe, tongue, and nation. This is one step towards that and, and and listen we truly are being herded do you ever feel like you know you're you're with the media and the media is is taking you one way and then the politicians take you another way and 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 you're just being fed oh they want this candidate now let's go to this candidate now it's and it's this purposely driven direction that the media does. Uh, the media does it. The United Nations they does, does it. The government does it. It's called brainwashing techniques through television, through the radio, through music, through all kinds of things that they can do. But the ultimate end game is getting that new world order. The UN plays a major role in that, I personally believe. And now that they're talking about hurting us as a human global order and controlling our seas, we should be taking a second glance at that because they've already got their tentacles in pretty much every country across the globe. That is the beginning uh, of a new world order. It's already here. It isn't coming. It is 
here, and it's been kicked off. It's been kicked off for some time now. Anyhow, I wanted to bring you those two resolutions. I think they are very important. Um, with that, uh, if you're not stored with food, please get stored with food. Um, check out foodforliberty.com slash haven. They've got everything from food to milk products to all kinds of interesting things on the website. I personally have tried their food. I love it and I eat it, but get prepared. We are, we are on some shaky ground um, coming in the near future and you need to be ready. Next, I also um, have a partner with getthetea.com. He's got a really awesome, it's called Eco Purification System. Um, if you want purified, it's similar to an RO system, but much better. It filters out the the hydrogen. I mean, the um, it has it adds oxygen, hydrogen, and that things, but it filters out um, all the fluoride, all the chemicals, and all of that great thing uh, that he has there. Also, uh, if you have not, I personally use the Super Strength Tea here. I love it. I love it. I love it, and I drink it on a daily basis. But um, also, the sea vegetables are really good. Uh, if you need iron, um, these come straight from the sea, organic. Uh, all of the products there are definitely organic. But anyhow, thanks again for tuning into my channel. Uh, and this is Lisa Haven signing out. Mm. We have come this far. Mm. Hallelujah. Category, please. One, two, three.
moments to praise. Hallelujah. One of the things that happened, there was a man called Moses, one of the mightiest men on the earth. And folks today don't understand why God didn't let him into the promised land. Now remember, he, he gone to heaven, he's safer than all of you. So don't, so don't, don't, don't misunderstand it now. But he wasn't allowed into the physical promised land. It's a mystery why. But the thing that caused that mystery was a blessing, a miracle that God gave. God caused water to come from the rock. And caused Israel to have a mighty miracle. But the man of God made a mistake. Water came, and he thought that because water came, everything was right. Because of God's mercy.